Third, you remember third the big ass uh, tubs of cheese balls that you could get at like Costco that are dude, those are still thing. I like this go up to your waist if you were a child. Those like, are still a thing, dude. If you ate a whole can of those things, you have cancer. Guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 165. I am your host, Anthony Trapani. Got a couple resident homies with me tonight. Joseph Joseph is not going to be with us tonight, uh, but Joel and Casey are with me. What up, y'all? Hi. Yo. Hi. Hello. Hi, hi. And uh, we are joined by an old school homie, uh, part of the Cali Death scene, our Bay Area Cali Death scene for quite some time. We got Micah Meneke with us tonight. What's going on, dude? Uh, not too much, man. Good to see you guys. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Soul Soul Asunder is the band that I uh, I met you through, and you you have uh, a few other things, you know, Origin and the Faceless that you've been involved with and stuff like that. So of, of course we would love to hang out with you tonight, dude. So I'm glad you're here. Right on. Yeah, I'm glad you contacted me. Uh, yeah, kind of sure, weird. It's like I told you, dude. I'm like, eh, I haven't been really relevant in the scene for like 15 years, you know. But, but uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely the old Cali scene, man. That was that was the shit. And I, I was I was trying to reassure you too. It's like with uh, with that that statement that you just had. It, it doesn't really matter about um, current relevance necessarily to get on this show or whatever. Yeah. It's it's literally our relationship that we've had from the past you know all right so anthony and, what was the last show you played what was the last show i played it was with fucking severed back in 2012 bro yeah so i'm not relevant yeah, so. Like, I think you, played, <laughs> you so you're 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 more relevant than me because i think the last show i played was joel like 2009 like the end with well in a death metal band death metal oh yeah yeah i did yeah maybe a year after that i did yeah, you, or 2010 you did, you did like another tour after me I did Son of Aurelius too. A couple, like a show or two with Son of Aurelius. Uh, yeah. So well, really, we're just a bunch of non-relevant motherfuckers. Yeah, that's what I'm trying <laughs> to you say. Right in, My whole point is we should all just yeah, end the stream right good. now and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, that shit don't matter because um, this show is uh, just about okay. our our people that we've met throughout our journey. You know. And and we got stories, dude. We got stories, oh, yeah. and that's what this thing's all about. Is these these types of episodes where we're gonna bring an OG from the Cali Death scene on? We literally are obviously wanting to hear your story, what you're up to right now, too. But of the stories, the pound stories, the Aptos Club stories, all that stuff is also why this episode is happening. So I I can't wait to get into that stuff for sure. But uh, I've been a um kind of a silent voyeur of you in your recent times because we became friends within the last year or so on, yeah. on social and uh i've been just watching you quietly and, and seeing how good you're doing right now and that was another reason why i wanted to talk to you because 
you know, being a dad and, and, and seeing, you know, the, the steps you're taking to take care of yourself at, at this time in our life. It's, it's, you know, not all dads do that. And I think that being a dad kind of pushes you to do that because you want to, you know, prolong your life and to be there for, as, for your kids as long as you can too. So oh, hell yeah, man. And, and, and break the chains that, you know, like my family, alcoholism and mental illness and chaos for generations. So right dude you know it's it's breaking that chain so you know my kids and my son especially doesn't have to ever see that shit. that's what's up dude awesome. And, and, awesome. and i could obviously with that statement tells me that you're a fucking great dad dude because you see what but what brought you here and you're like nah i didn't like that too much i want i want to take the initiative to make sure that i don't send it down the line further you know exactly that's that's right dude and and we'll get way more into that when we get through your timeline let's uh let's do some plugs real quick guys you know where it's at uh battleforgecoffee.com up at top as always that's the homies and deeds of flesh uh roasting some some caffeine bean for you and uh packaging it up nicely with some swag as well over at battleforgecoffee.com uh, if you are underground death metal, if you own one unique leader release, you better be drinking this coffee. That's it. That's that's all I need to say. If you listen to the unique leader and you don't drink this coffee, you're a fucking buzzer. No, I'm just joking. Uh, speaking of you, that's, that's, Real that's a unique leader. What that's up? We got a quick, uh, <laughs> not a quick. This is not, not about me at all. This is about this super strong mimosa for your candle. <gasps> oh, Please drink that. Please. 90% of what you strong. see here is champagne. Oh, yeah. Good. Yes. <laughs> Make them drink it. It's yellow champagne. The, the hint of color. That's <laughs> yeah, Mike, yeah. Mike is talking about alcoholism <laughs> and the bloodline constantly. I'm like, <laughs> no, it's all good. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Sorry. Mike is unique leader. That is correct. He's a, he we is a leader in a sense. <laughs> Not yet. Now after this mimosa, maybe. Well, well now it's a challenge, dude. <laughs> now it's a challenge. But um, yeah. What else we got? We got rener- generatorrehearsalstudios.com. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Go buy yourself a rehearsal studio. <laughs> Go buy yourself a rehearsal studio over there. Buy, generate one. Buy buy it online. Generate it. Like order it online. Generate it's rehearsal the, studios there. Just generate a place to practice. Yeah. Oceanside, <laughs> yeah, yeah. California. What's up, Ian? Sick dude. Wait. Uh, Ian's yeah. in the chat. What up, dude? Oh, hello. Oh, Ian. What we got? Um, I want, yeah. I want Mike to at some point come in here and uh, talk a little bit about his weekend. We'll try and coerce him. Tonight, what? this is not about me tonight. That's this is what? about you. What, what are you talking about? What happened? No, I know. No, no, no. It's not ter- that's not scared away from Micah yet. But <laughs> okay, I do okay, right, right. at some point, we'll maybe later on down okay. tonight, we'll uh we'll harken back to that at some point. Harken. I need to use harken more. All right, here I we didn't go. take my vitamins so, this morning, so I need some vitamins. You guys, one, two, three, boom. Here we are. So uh, all right. What's the other shit that we do on plugs? I forget. And no, not a live bagging. Sorry, I'm just putting random banners. I'm like, what else? Put, put us back into the, the the Brady Bunch shit for a second before I finish this. 
that's my fault. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's all good. Um, Joseph isn't here. He usually so he, uh, last Lucy and Joseph shit. Just go to Joseph stuff. He's always playing shows. And uh, Micah, is there anything you want people to uh, check out? You know, how can we? I had a hard time finding some Solus Under stuff online. Is there yeah, a place I, that I wouldn't that I wasn't going to that I should have been? I you know what? I really have no idea. Like Chaz, Chaz pretty much used to cover all that end of stuff. Um I know there's some stuff on YouTube. Um but um yeah, I'm really not sure. Dude, I just got into listening to uh like digital music. I was like on CDs up to about a year and a half ago. So um, I'm old school in that sense. That's that's respectable, man. That's uh, one of those things where, you know, it's nowadays we're with such easy fucking access to everything. And actually, I wish I was that like stuck in my ways that I would just stick to CDs because that's that to me that like still has, we, we've talked about it a million times on the podcast, but just like having those, you know, physical copies, blah, blah, blah. But like, actually going out and having yeah. to find it and like yeah. i know with with metal and stuff especially like if you know you know some people that Whoa. listen to metal a lot like it's one of those things where they're going to tell you what to if they're going to listen to it immediately and tell you now it's not one of those things where you used to be able to grab go to the store get a cd and be like Dude, you guys heard this before and they're like yeah i heard it like the day the second it came out yeah. at midnight I heard, yeah I heard it. Well, there's, <laughs> you know? there's also like the thing about like collecting records and stuff like and i was like thinking about yeah. this, like i was like had this like little epiphany i was like oh dude it was all about like 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 with the punk records and stuff like old seven inches of like you know like like my friends would collect like a lot of that stuff like crass mm -hmm. record shit or whatever like you know like from england these like little seven inches and it was like oh this was released da, 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 and this was and they have these like original pressings and it was like Oh, original yeah, pressings yeah. of these. This this was like originally pressed in David like, and Josh. Definitely, yeah, you know, it's like, think about collecting and, records. And, and some of those sell for like a lot, like like not like um, compared to Beanie Babies, but it's like I don't know, like online <laughs> it sells for a lot. Like it's not like, like that much, but date yourself but, a little bit more, dude. Yeah, but I mean, it's like this whole like okay, like you have these like physical, but it's like all about the vinyls, and they're like these original pressings, like seven inches and different things, and these like. Oh, that one's seven inch, and that's like that one's extra rare. So like this one's more because it was like only this release, and and of course that transcends into different like other like music and stuff. But like I don't know, it's like like that that would never be like digital. It was all about getting the record. It was the artwork, like the yeah. liner notes, the thanks, the the lyrics, yep. and then you had that one CD. It's like I'd listen to that shit on repeat, on repeat learn every word delve into it i think now like my daughter's just getting into heavy metal she's 14. i took her to her oh, first yeah. show behemoth recently nice. it was awesome to see i haven't seen her light up like that since she was a little girl wow but uh like yeah it's just she just tosses through like i checked this out and eh, didn't like it moved on it's like I don't know. There's an element missing. Like I just got so into them. Like I said, I put them on repeat. I go to sleep to records, you know, mm -hmm. I get morbid angel covenant. My dad would have to come in at six in the morning and turn off the CD. <laughs> Hell yeah. Repeat, yep, yep. repeat, repeat. It's uh, it's the instant gratification thing. Yep. That's what it is. We didn't have the instant gratification. It was delayed 
gratification. Yeah. And now, it we, wasn't guaranteed right. gratification either. Right. Because you said you had to go out and find it. Joel was saying you got to find it. You There was so many different times that i would go to amoeba or streetlight or rasputin or one of these places where i had a goal i had a list of albums that i was looking for i had it written down by hand in my pocket and i would flip that shit out while i was flipping through every single cd in the metal section or in the hip-hop section in the rock section in the jet i would spend Two hours in Amoeba was uh, like heaven to me, dude. I would just, I, there was kind of like a Zen kind of meditative situation that was happening when you're flipping through these rows of records or CDs, waiting for either the one thing that you're looking for to pop up or something that you weren't expecting. And all right. of a sudden it's there, you know, and you're, it, you're holding it in your hand. Like, finding a lethargy record in Rasputin for $5 in the $5 bin. And I look around in that place. I'm like, <laughs> to me, I just found a treasure. I just yeah. literally was digging through sand and found a treasure box, dude. And, and that feeling it, it's harder to come by unless you go to discogs.com and you search through that stuff. But, anything that's on you know the all the streaming platforms it's just there and ready to go so yep. with the soul asunder thing i kind of was like oh shit dude i can't really find too many th stuff i could find music videos i could find live performances but as far as recordings it's 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 kind of uh harder to find but it was this band that was in our era of playing soul asunder was just as you know top shelf as all the other bands that were at our level too, when Soul Asunder was on stage, I would pay attention, you know, yeah. because you guys were doing it just like we were doing it. And you had Nate and you had this melodic death metal um, kind of Mashuga somewhat influenced type mellow death that was happening. And, and it was like on those, those, bills that would be uh you know a different type of band each oh yeah that a soul asunder set in wedged in between all of that was a nice uh palate cleanser it was a, a a nice breath of fresh air in between you know what could be more chaos around that even though soul asunder was chaotic you guys were um um organized chaos you know good way to put it you know i i think soul asunder was i don't know maybe just ahead of its time or 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 something you know we used to play shows all the time up in the bay area and and people who'd never seen us would come up like why aren't you guys signed why aren't you fucking huge da, da, da. and i'm like i don't know sign us <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. i don't fucking know <laughs> we yeah. want to be um, yeah and and it was it was uh like i had said dude it it was a band that would make me pay attention so but i mean a band like that doesn't necessarily need to be signed it also it needs to be it could be diy driven by you guys but also life gets in the way of doing something diy so it's harder yeah. for guys who well, are that, making nothing at that anyways. Time, so at that time 
that was that was that, like nowadays it's 150 opening yeah well i mean as far as like diy shit like like now it's more of a doable thing with like social media was just starting out like there was all it was like myspace and like facebook maybe was around back in those times so um there was bands that, that just exploded on those platforms i mean sorry it just ties back into that instant gratification it is easier because of that instant gratification yeah. it's so widely available now totally exactly yep it's one i mean i mean to derail you dude sorry well that used to be just be our whole goal was to um was to get signed i mean at that time there was no other mm -hmm. way like there's not i can't i can't think of, think of like a successful band in that genre during those times that made Pavor? it without Pavor? successful yeah <laughs> I don't know. maybe shredding i don't know about successful but um i mean because we had to tell everyone about it like personally that wasn't like no one came up to us like you ever heard of before it was never a thing i ever heard was encountered we, we knew about before that's about that's I about the extent of that in the diy to a band at that time yeah they didn't and they had bethlehem too they had like other bands that they like already in that was kind of like already you know they were signed right bethlehem and stuff like that they were all they, yeah they already had yeah contract. but yeah like back in the day it was like it was you literally had to like get signed that was your only like that, unless you want yeah, to start your own really, label like it's only way do... to be distributed you know yeah like, exactly the, how we didn't I, I still don't know, or I, I shouldn't say I don't know. I still don't use the internet like I should. And right. back then, I definitely didn't use it like I should. I was searching, you know, pixelated porn pictures and cannibal corpse <laughs> demos, you know? Here it comes. <laughs> That's literally what I was looking for. Is just, and, and now, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's totally different. The, the internet has just made it where, everything is accessible and it's going to get quicker guys i don't want to get into that conversation but that's just going to get quicker and quicker my kids your, your kids, neural your neural link will just be like i'm going to be the just, i'm going to be the crazy grandpa that's like kids don't inject things into your brain please <laughs> yeah 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 that's going to be our they're going to be like you're crazy dude grandpa doesn't want to fucking have us inject like chips in our brain. What a fucking like. Well, he's stuck in the mud, dude. Dude's like super conservative. He can't get over. He can't get over his like ways, dude. He like you know he just wants to dig holes or something. He doesn't want brain chips in his brain. They're gonna like come down on you like you're some like fucking just you know hey, you're a human anchor just stuck in a time. Down, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. But um, yeah, no, uh, one uh, comment I want to make about Micah, too, is it's really cool to see you still, you're like, I'm out of the death metal thing, or it's been a long time, but you still <laughs> got the, you still, and then that's the first, that's the defining yeah. thing that when I first met you yeah, a long time ago. defining is, char uh, physical yeah. characteristic of Micah, he's always had that. that yeah, character. so I, I cut him off when I uh, moved up here to Mount Shasta after I left Origin, grew him back out, and then I had to cut him for work, which was the first time I had ever cut any hair done anything for uh you know work for a job in my yeah. for a job in my life but that's when i started um working for my uncle becoming a jeweler which is where i'm at now i actually just took over here my uncle just retired so i'm the master i definitely wanted Smith. to get into that dude no. um for sure but uh but, but yeah I, I, I ended up growing these suckers back out i started my own jewelry shop for about a year and i was like fuck it now i can do whatever i want 
Um, yeah. When I came oh, yeah. back over here, I knew they needed me. So I'm like, I'm going to do this. This is who I am, you know? Hell yeah. Yeah. Dude. That's the Micah. For me, it's the Micah. Every time I, I've seen other people that have tried to pull it off, but I'm like, since I was a kid, I saw you doing that. So it's mm -hmm. like, to me, it's like, well, uh, this guy did it way before you, like 20, 25 years ago. 20, <laughs> I'm just like, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, every time I see that, it reminds me of you. Every, I've, I've seen it more than 10 times since we've last talked, you know, the person yeah. that's just trying to rock it one's uneven and shit and i'm like yeah. oh, dude. <laughs> the access is off it's like your 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 camera's shot tonight joel i don't know what it's doing you keep it's i think wrong. it's my internet my internet uh well we can still hear you so it's all good i mean you're not crazy blurry it just changes no i, I can see it i can watching it on the uh, instagram it looks pretty shitty um <laughs> it's all good let's uh let's dig into the past micah we always do this on the show. We like to know what childhood was like for our guests and um, just take us through. I, I used to all, I mean, used to, I still do. The, the question is, is basically when music or art, it used to be just music, but now I just want to know when did creativity come into your life? What's the earliest memory yeah. You could think of it could be influenced by your parents listening to some music in the living room and a guitar lick or a vocal thing. Yeah, well, music. for me, dude, it was never like I didn't have music around my brother. My brothers were way older, so I didn't have like older brother introduce me to music. So I wasn't really into any of that. But uh, really early on, I loved to draw. Um, I used to get in a lot of trouble and. <laughs> in middle school because my math homework would be like covered in demons and <laughs> inverted crosses and like mushrooms and just chaos it couldn't even you know see what the work was yeah um, so i was drawing at a very young age my dad was a pretty awesome artist probably where that came from um and you know in in middle school everybody was listening to hip-hop and rap so i kind of listened to that shit Mm -hmm. um but never really got into it and then uh went through a phase of lots of uh you know taking lots of hallucinogens and was listening to you know doors and pink floyd stuff like that but nothing was ever like music wasn't part of my life and then i started so, hanging uh, out. Wait, drawing though let's take yeah. it back to drawing so when did you actually what age was it where you can remember you at because my my middle dominic he's about to be eight and uh as a thing to combat boredom that is in his arsenal still where awesome. he can just sit down with a piece of paper and draw something or he'll you know i'll find him a video on youtube where it's how to draw this and he'll yeah. sit there and literally focus dude and it makes me so happy hell because, yeah it's it's very hard to you know see that type of focus in a kid that doesn't have a screen in front of their face you know yeah and so, not keep and keep i was doing that stuff man yeah inspire them to keep doing that stuff and and as a vocalist that's kind of like i'm already liking your your beginnings because it's my beginnings my thing was also art too so i'm just thinking of i remember being you know six and drawing my toys 
You know, yeah. I'd set my toys up instead of playing with my toys. I would set them up in certain ways to where I can draw them and then draw them again to get better at it to where I could draw a troll or a teenage mutant ninja turtle just off the <laughs> dome, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And even before that, I guess like, I don't know, third, fourth grade, dude, you know, we were still doing art in school. So like playing with clay, I create all these like figures and stuff. I created this thing called Peng Force. It was like GI Joes, but they were all penguins. Like <laughs> tanks and shit. And like, and other kids would start trying to, you know, emulate that stuff. And, That's awesome. Um, so I just, I've always been, I think always been creative. Um, Sick. That was my problem with school. As soon as I started getting to middle school, you know, it art became less of a thing uh, about learning. And Mm -hmm. So my mind started to turn off to fucking learning anything. Um, yeah. My brain just didn't work that way. Right. You know? And uh, so I just kind of started shutting down. Yeah. By sixth grade, I, you know, I started shutting down. I just wanted to do art. That's so crazy that you're literally telling my story right now. <laughs> At that time too, in sixth grade where I, I remember my first report card of sixth grade was all A's and a B plus. And it declined soon after that. And all I really cared about was getting creative. Yeah. What up, dude, dude, you already served me a drink. Now you're serving me dinner. Oh dude, my God. Drinks and dinner. Here? Yeah. It's called jazz on a plate it is oh my it's god dude. and pan seared chicken with a seasoning from tennessee called special shit <laughs> literally <laughs> that's what it says on the jar and i'll i'll attest special shit is good special shit these are good shit. purple and what are those other tiny creamer potatoes that have been handmade into mashed Utah? potatoes oh no, not Yukon Gold, the smaller ones. Wait, are we having another debate? Wait, didn't no. we already have a potato debate on this? We did, Roasting. but we're not doing it anymore. We cleared it up. <laughs> I cleared it up. And the gravy is a handmade Ian with home the gravy lanes. that Finger is... No. Wow. What? I don't know. Um, coming in shallots with... and onions caramelized. Dude, it smells And amazing. mixed in with some special shit. This literally and... smells amazing. Hello, Brandon. How are you? <laughs> Dude, and before I stab Mike, you with this knife. Here. Dude, this is amazing, brother. Thank you. Okay. We have no idea how good it is because you're the first, you're the fucking guinea pig. <laughs> it looks and you're smells the pig. So, so, hope you enjoy it. I'm gonna enjoy it right now. Have a pleasant evening, everybody. Yeah, oh, we'll see you again tonight. I'm gonna come make you come back in here. Yeah, you're gonna have to come back. Yeah, oh, yeah. All right. Guys, I'm sorry. This was amazing. I'm gonna eat this at some point. Right well, now. Uh, All right. What were, where were we at? I got derailed. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about going downhill after. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Once middle school happens, it was all about it was all about art and yeah. probably chasing tail, too. Right. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But. Uh, so, all right. So but art was still there and never yeah. it never left. You didn't. Oh, no. Yeah. Not at all. I've always been so. So it went from all that and started getting into heavy metal from a couple buddies. My old bass player from my original band, uh, Legion Victorious, um, started getting me into heavy metal. Um, and I think that's where music finally started clicking. 
for me. Do you remember um, um, a first song or album or something that made you? Oh, man, what what the fuck is this? You know, Slayer hit for me, Morbid Angel, Covenant. Um, That was a big one. Um, But what, what sealed the deal? So I was just getting into heavy metal. And uh, starting to think about being a vocalist because these a couple buddies had, you know, they're trying to form a band. And uh, in 94, I went up and saw Slayer at the uh, Santa Cruz Civic Auditorium. And uh, and that sealed the deal, dude. I was like, I, I want to do that the rest of my fucking life. Um, it, it, it literally changed the trajectory of my whole entire life was that show. Isn't that rad that it's just like one moment? Yeah. Oh, just yeah. instantly... Like right. the energy, getting in the mosh pit for the first time, like it just, it, it literally, like I said, yeah, changed the trajectory in my life completely. So uh, then you come home from that show. What's your first order of business to move in that direction? Um, would have been uh, after that. Uh, forming a band with uh, my buddy Gator, who ended up going to play bass for uh, Vital Remains. Um, Though they're kind of, they've been on a hiatus for a while. Uh, But me and Gator and my buddy Jeff formed Legion Victorious. And, you know, we lived in uh, Monterey, Carmel Valley, and then we played out in this place called Cachala, which was like the boonies, Um, all a bunch of cowboys. and, um, And here we are, you know, blasting just pure satanic death metal no drummer um but we just kept playing and playing until we we finally uh hooked up with the one drummer in our area who could you know play double double bass and um actually you know play what we were wanting to play because nobody nobody was playing anything like that around there um at least not in monterey dude tell me how it felt like because starting as a band without a drummer doing your jam sessions and all that stuff and then you finally get the drummer in there what what was that night like like or day or however you guys got your jam (laughs) session with the dude to hear a drummer with whatever you got because if you were getting together a bunch and doing these things together you guys kind of already had a vision obviously oh yeah and and then to to see it come to fruition it's got to be it, it's a it's a great feeling oh yeah it was it was it was exactly what we wanted i mean we'd been playing probably a couple couple years um we basically you know gator was our drums a bass that was our low end was what we followed and uh but uh yeah once we got drums um it was on the only problem was <laughs> we you know living in monterey is like jazz and blues town um there had been some local metal bands, but nobody had really broken out like a scene um, in that area. So uh, we just kind of had to forge the way. Um, we got, you know, started getting getting shows in downtown Monterey. Um, and then all of a sudden, all these other bands started, you know, popping out of the woodwork. Um, we hooked up with some other bands, this band Liquid 8, uh, retribution, um, bunch of old school kind of metalheads who had tried doing the metal scene in the past. And this, you know, kind of huge scene broke out for a while. 
Um, yeah, I never actually heard about a Monterey scene. I I love to visit Monterey. You know, yeah, like yeah, for sure. Right? Aquarium and where would you play? What, what it's just downtown Monterey. There was this one club, uh, Vivas. We got in. We 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 played a show downtown. Packed the fucking house. They were a little skeptical having a heavy metal band, but packed the house. They sold a shit ton of booze because our fans love to fucking drink. We love to fucking drink. Um, and uh, so they started just, you know, bringing us back. And like I said, and then all of a sudden, all these bands, because again, you didn't have the internet. You didn't know there was all these people doing stuff in their garages down the street or in the next town over. And so once the word got out, like all these bands started showing up and uh, wanting to hop on and, you know, setting up more shows. And um, what's Monterey from Santa Cruz? Another hour? About an hour. 30 minutes. Yeah. So it's a 30, 30, 30, Santa Cruz probably 45 minutes. Yeah. 45 yeah. minutes. But, uh, you know, and it's weird. Like the Soul Asunder days were amazing. You know, Origin, you know, getting to finally actually tour outside of the States and all that kind of shit was amazing. But, dude, those, that time, the Monterey Metal days, dude, it, like, even though nobody outside of our areas knew anything about it, mm-hmm. it was like, living the rock star lifestyle i mean just party women drugs just fucking it was it drugs was, in monterey it was fucking <laughs> crazy, you know? dude, uh, if you heard it here first monterey metal dude monterey. Monterey metal. Okay, monterey you never heard metal. never heard this it works it's monterey mechanic monterey metal no i mean for uh from the monterey metal scene I mean, it's for me monterey I, I i actually like a lot more than santa cruz if i if i would have to choose if there was santa cruz is like i mean yeah i mean yeah like 100 percent now but even i mean back then a little bit like it was a fun it's a nice place but there was no place for metal you still got you know you got a you got a sticky switch dude it's still sticking yeah he's not that bad he's better than he was um, I just think that everybody walking around in Monterey is like wearing boats. Someone's shoes. downloading porn over there. And it was, dude. It was, uh, it, it was hard. It was hard to do, but we had to forge our way, dude. You know, I remember walking around streets and putting, dude, we'd, we'd pay, you know, 75 cents to open up a, a thing for newspapers and we'd slide our flyers in each newspaper and shit, nice. close it up and go store to store, slide them under people's doors. And, um, yeah, everything we could. Um, That's rad, dude. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it was I mean, a fun time to be. Uh, yeah, to be an outcast in a, a area of the world like that, you know. But metal is this bubble that, no matter what, it's gonna be, it's gonna have its hands in every area of the world, pretty much. So you guys just kind of making sure that there's some kind of thriving thing going on it naturally would attract the people who are yearning for a, a piece of that little bubble that they want to be a part of because they discovered Slayer, Metallica, right? you know, Pantera, Morbid Angel, all this kind of stuff. And, but they, you know, they only have their close knit friend group that they discover that stuff or learn that stuff together. And when you have your friend group, then that gets to a certain point where we're like, we need to find more humans that are like-minded, you know? Yeah. And, and if you can't find them, 
uh put up a beacon to where <laughs> it's like we're we're over here guys right come on like <clears throat> literally telling people this is where the bubble is dude you're you're welcome over here and they found their way and that's crazy to think that yeah like they were we were saying never would have thought that there was a a, a scene in monterey but that only being 45 minutes from santa cruz people hear santa cruz and it's actually i thought that was a surfer town right you, know? you gotta hear that that Wait. fucking carmel a big sur scene dude well like i said you know monterey is known for the blues yeah. and the jazz of monterey pop festival that's true. oh yeah um, you know oh, yeah, like, yeah monterey jazz yeah, yeah, like Hendrix and stuff. Like one of his most famous like performances is yep. Monterey and uh, Bob Marley, Janis Joplin, oh, Janis Joplin. Yeah, yeah, like the biggest. Like I don't know Bob Marley. Shit. He played Monterey too. Yep, yep. My dad met him there actually at the Monter- Monterey Why? Reggae Festival. 165 episodes in, I I never knew your dad <laughs> met Bob Marley. Come on, dude. Was, my dad was like, "Fuck that guy." <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why we haven't talked about it (laughs) no he's just he just was like i don't know my dad was like he was just so fucked up and my dad was like sick dude good to meet you he's like oh bob just kind of like blew him off a little bit just yeah so my dad you know you hold that to heart like my dad met you know uh what's the uh god damn it oh a classic 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 rock band um steppenwolf like he was all about them but like when he met them he was like god damn it well yeah, there's nothing, nothing worse than meeting somebody like you're way into and they're just fucking total asshole. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a, a thing like that with Glenn Benton. Um I yeah. went to uh so I knew uh, uh Snake from Skin Lab. He was doing some of my tattoos. He did some of my tattoos and shit. And, Snake the guitar player or is he the singer? Uh he was a bass player. Bass player singer. I think. Or guitar player. Guitar player. Okay, okay. Because I meant the same. Anyway, singer, yeah. So okay. he he had the long dreads, mm-hmm. and uh, so anyway, he he was gonna be tattooing Amon Amarth, who was opening up for uh, Deicide at the Pound in San Francisco, and so he got me on Deicide's guest list, and uh, so I got to hang out backstage and chilling back there, and you know, Glenn Benton comes walking up. I had a few friends back there, my girlfriend Rachel at the time, and um. Glenn comes out, he's got this big bottle of Jack Daniels, and I'm like, dude, let me get a sip of that. And he's like, I don't need your mouth herpes, you know? And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, you know, big fan. He's like, yeah, just blow it up my ass. I was like, dude, you know, that shit, that shit hurt. I was like, yep. you know, I, I fucking idolized his vocals. I emulated that shit. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Wow, he would have just like, he, yeah, he would have blown you away. He would never forgot if he was like, fuck yeah, brother. We yeah. gave you a shot. You would have been exactly. like forever, like in debt. It's, yeah, that's one of those things where uh, some of those guys are just kind of, especially alcohol too on tour. Like you notice, a lot of these bands get kind of weird. They're like, eh, like kind of hoarders with it. You're saying <laughs> yeah, yeah. a little <laughs> bit, yeah. But then like they'll play and they'll fucking pour it on in people's mouths on and that's stage. That's exactly what he did when he walked out on stage. He yeah. started giving everybody shots and taking shots. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah well i guess uh, i mean if you to meet the hero that is a dick that that's definitely a possibility but there's also the the heroes that are actually the same person on stage 
yeah on and off you know and oh definitely Casey, joel and i you probably have an a, a example of that too and i'm just trying to bring positivity into it but there's the the duality of the situation and yes you you dig deep enough into the rabbit hole of heroes you're eventually gonna find a sour grape you know right. and it's just gonna happen so i mean it's cool to meet your heroes but just Proceed with caution because you might find one that isn't the person you think it is. What also, they're ha getting hammered. Yeah. You know, it's like, you and, know, and yeah, know they could have been, been up for three days on their third show, you know. Yeah, yeah. Rough, rough life. Some other out. bad shit. Yeah. When I was like back in the day, I was doing like customer service and shit. I remember like they would always send me in, like back when I was younger, they would send me in on people that were yelling and screaming. And that would be the person to go like mediate. But usually Figure what would happen that. was, yeah, what usually would happen is like I would talk to him for a second. And they're like, oh, dude, my wife died yesterday. Something, like, something crazy, you know, and then you're yeah. like, oh, shit, dude. Okay, well, this is where this is all coming from. It's not like you're a dick to everyone. It's like right. today you just caught someone on a, on a weird day. You know, it's like they're not, I mean, they're not telling you and they're not understanding why they're being dicks. You know, they're right. just, you but, know, but you also got enough that have a quite a few of those stories that you kind of can just use your common sense to say hey that person kind of is just somebody not to fuck with you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, leave, yeah, exactly. leave them be exactly. dude let it look at the art more you know yeah exactly. but, all right so we're we were at um i know you kind of got into like playing <laughs> with bands and shit already but i kind of want to know i want to rewind again as the, a vocalist i just want to know um your in your your influence to start doing vocals and when or if did poetry ever you know piggyback your art because that's kind of where i started to transition into the vocals is getting into poetry and then looking at that as a, just another way of being creative dude using yeah. the language as a canvas uh, for me well the first band i was backup vocals actually um gator was uh bass and vocals um and uh so really my my and and my vocal career started when i ended up joining uh meeting Chaz and and joining up with soul sunder so that was but was that what made was it joint wanting to join the group what made you want to become a vocalist or did you already have that in your mind that i want to be a vocalist and then that opportunity came no uh it, it was the opportunity i i i didn't want to be the guy up in front of everybody <laughs> that was not my you know what i mean like mm -hmm. um i wasn't ever the yeah the guy's like look at me i want to be the center of fucking attention um so it was it was the opportunity um and like i said i had done some backup vocals um i always screaming to you know cds and stuff i listened to <clears throat> bands i listened to and stuff but it was more the opportunity that drew me into it was there any uh time at that point where you wanted to start playing instruments too did you get a guitar did you play so i had yeah music? 
like I said, with Legion Victorious before Soul Sunder, I was I was a guitar and backup vocal. So okay, so let's I'm, dig into the guitar past a little bit, though. Like when when did you? What was you your drive to play? And when did you get the first guitar? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, so that happened. Shit, man, all fuzzy. Um, so we had Gator was jamming with a couple buddies, uh, a couple guitar players. One think got sent off to rehab or something and i can't remember uh this guitar player nate who was phenomenal i mean he he was the kind of dude who you go into his bedroom it was nothing but guitar magazines and the tablatures for stuff mm-hmm. all over the floor and he would just learn everything so they disappeared we wanted to continue playing music so i just gator had a bass i bought a guitar and he started kind of showing me how to play all um, right yeah so so it was just gator was your your teacher yeah yeah taking lessons from gator and then and in that uh band you started contributing guitar yeah as well so it was me and him and then uh our 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 third leg jeff my buddy jeff um picked up the third guitar and same thing we were all self-taught teaching each other how to play and um i'm still that way like i've never learned to read tablature i don't know fucking i don't even know chords barely i mean <laughs> you know somebody's like play a d blah blah blah. i i don't know i'm all by ear yeah um that's just the way i've always been um <clears throat> but um yeah so we we started jamming and we just sat and played in our bedroom and then uh eventually like i said we've you know, we had this little shack out in Kashao. We, the three of us started jamming um, and, <clears throat> you know, partying. And- a free place to jam, dude, is such a, uh, uh, a, a luxury for a young one at that oh, age. Hell yeah. To be able to play loud. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Nobody worrying about it. And it's just, you know, yeah, it's like a a little sanctuary a little safe haven where you guys can just be in your thing and totally vibe and and figure shit out with no inner you know outside interaction dude that's 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 i i think that i've seen and people that i know personally and a couple people that have been on a few people that have been on the show too like that right there is is this the kind of the foundation of why they build themselves up to a point where they want to keep going with it you know if you have that that place where you can um expand and fully release and just be yourself that's where you might find that next line to i'm gonna i'm gonna pursue this deeper and further and yeah. most you know a lot of kids don't have that that little space that they're able to really be free i mean you think about it as a teenager are you really free to express yourself in other places or you know times in your life but if you got you know one friend that has a garage that the parents don't give a <laughs> shit what you're doing in there right or a, a a a shed in the backyard or a gazebo in the backyard something something where you your parent the parents of whoever that is knows that you guys are just 
out there doing your thing and they let you do it. I, I think that that really does sound a set a foundation for those kids in that environment, you know, and then they can decide whether or not they're going to really pursue it. But setting that foundation, I think that um, probably the, per, the percentage of those kids move on to doing something greater. Um, I think it's pretty high. I would think, I, you know, I figure out the childhood psychology now. So the child psychology is, as a parent be like yeah you have a you have a place to jam whatever and then let them get good and after that be like you're never gonna make it you're never gonna make wrong that type of music right yeah well just like because a lot of people like you know even i mean i'm mainly referring to i've heard sto like stories from all the people like you know when you're watching interviews or whatever from any sports person or artist or whatever there's always like one person that like doubted some of the like top people and they're just like they're like fuck you i'm gonna prove you wrong and then they mm -hmm. end up proving it. that doesn't obviously doesn't happen all the time but um there's always that doubter that kind of like once they're already in it they're already like established in their art kind of they already have an idea then it's just like then just start doubting them for fun just be like dude you you're not gonna make it though because <laughs> like you're making me think even deeper <laughs> into it from my parent brain right now and that um you want it's almost a selfish thing you know you want it's more so i know where my kid's at and i know what he or she is doing and that's that makes me as a parent be able to go off and do my other things because i know whoever's in the backyard but that's in, yeah. who's in your backyard right now dude oh it's so cute we got a, we got a cat we haven't seen a cat on the show in a while Oh, oh, one eye, poor guy. What happened? Aww. It's a girl. <laughs> poor guy. What's her name? Her name is Satil. Satil, I like that name. That's I'm a cool name. Her. What does Satil mean? Uh, it's a character from the expanded universe, Star Wars universe, and. It's my girlfriend's cat, and she lives here now, which means I found a chick that named her cats after Star Wars characters. Dude, Ooh. come on, keeper. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah, come on, yeah. come on, guys. That's a big. I know, I know. So now we need to know how Satila lost her eye. Uh, she doesn't know. She was found as a kitten. Really? And she got adopted by Dominica. Oh, you were so cute, though. She's really sweet, and this little onesie outfit slows her down at night because she's usually a kind of a bully with my cats but what's funny but, is seeing a cat that's wearing something like that i mean she definitely doesn't look fully comfortable right now but she's not <laughs> out no funny. she'll just like stand there i know someone who knows what happened i think uh nate go ahead and tell us what uh oh, i just removed him i just removed him so what happened with satila why, why did she why did she lose an eye can you hear me i can hear you yeah i can hear you what? <laughs> what? So why did why did Satil lose an eye, dude? Uh, I, I, the, the cat, dude. I don't know. You to say, yeah, dude, that was amazing. I'm on. That was very good, dude. I no, I I ate I ate it all so fast. I'm I'm totally. Dude, what are you guys talking about? Well, you guys I'm, ate cat? You guys no, ate the I cat's eye? While Michael was while Michael was talking, I was like shoveling this into my mouth because not only was it so good but i was just trying to get it done quick because i haven't eaten dinner tonight dude that was amazing and 
she's definitely so that's a cat that's a cat eye burrito they made earlier um yeah sorry. it was uh oh feels sister fried up nice that's adorable no, I'm just what's sorry. up nate what up how's it going how's it going man? nate dog nate what dog Micah, dude everybody who is uh not on the video we got nate venerucci nate 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 from he's nate he's straight up nakey right now dude ontogeny <laughs> anomalous soul asunder what the fuck dude yeah i'm crazy you got a crazy <laughs> resume bro nate has like one of the gnarliest resumes and mustaches dude i'm talking and about Mike is holding it strong for the horns i've been holding it down for the mustaches right <laughs> dude, together we got like the fu man chew thing going dude <laughs> actually now that <laughs> You both have had very uh, distinct facial hair ever since I've ever known you guys. It's the Doc Holiday, bro. You got to do it. You just sometimes <laughs> got to do it. I don't know. Yeah, you understand how pissed I would be if Nate or Micah like shaved. I mean, I know we had to do Micah for a job, but if like you and Nate both did it, I'd be like, well, Death Metal was fun. I guess I'll move on to, <laughs> to I'll go to jazz now. <laughs> like well, I, I, that I would be crushing. Would like I think I'm beyond the mustache a little bit, but I do understand that for sure, man. It's I would be no, I'd be bummed. I'm no, I'm sticking by it. I'm, I'd be bummed too because it would mean there's some sort of like flesh eating disease that proceeds <laughs> it, and that'd be a real bummer. Like there's a fire, so like if I came like from a fire and you're like, dude, you suck, you shaved your mustache, I'd be like, what's your <laughs> problem, dude? You know, so it depends on the circumstance, you know. Yeah, it's like, dude, he got older, he got bald on his face. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome, man. So what's 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 new with you, Nate? Good to see you. Oh yeah, man. Uh, just uh, plugging away. Ontogeny is going to be recording very soon. Sick. Yeah, uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're gonna guitars are going right now, and May is going to be the drum. So it's a little bit of time still, but all eight songs are done for the metal stuff, and then we'll have like two instrumentally things who knows how those will evolve but i always write those kind of on the spot in the studio so the we'll see how those come out and anomalous is actively working on stuff too so that's been pretty fun too uh, right it's like working on a totally different type of chops than i've been playing the past few years again it's kind of like getting the getting the anomalous rust in there man and that that stuff's really hard so learning the ep was like where i started like get back mm -hmm, to that mm -hmm. stuff I, I kind of already know how to play all the stuff from uh, Omnivalent that I wrote, but I got to get like learning, uh, learning some of the other stuff, but writing, writing's going really good. Tim's been flying away on that. So I feel like I got to catch up and Sam oh, yeah. is actively writing stuff too. So yeah, a lot, a lot of stuff there. In the chat too. I saw him in there. What's that? I said, Sam's in the chat with us too. I saw him in there. Sam. Yeah. Sam's in there. there. He is. That, guy's, that guy's something else musically. Really yeah, dude. And I mean, what a hidden gem Sam was, because it's, it's also like you and and Micah. Like these are the people like I just would randomly find. Like what this is like? These are like the underground folks that are just yeah. I mean, killing dude, the we, overground. We, <laughs> is that, we can we call it overground for now? Anyone that made it's overground and then underground. <laughs> I, don't I don't know if that'll stick. It's over my ground, dude. But uh, actually, I, we're gonna go off on a little Sam thing because you said Sam's a gem, and Nate actually was my my whole introduction to sam i sam was not on my radar and that's what i'm saying kicking it at nate's house one night we're taking dabs and then he's like check out this sl1 dude and my mind was just 
spinning in my head, flipping upside down and continuing with the dabs. And I was just, yeah, I was kind of floored by what, what I had to read. It was, it was actually very exciting because it was something that was so overwhelming when I heard it the first time that I had to go back and try and like organize it for my brain, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that is something that we're kind of chasing kind of the things we were talking about finding the new shit like mm-hmm. you that first listen is almost um you you can't really absorb a lot from it because your brain isn't ready for it you know and then you give it another two or three listens then things start to settle out and it starts to de- your brain starts to defrag and put things in the right files and then you start to make it something that you can understand dude and sl1 was something that i was like oh dude i need to break this open for quite some time to really grasp what's going on dude honestly he 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 had a band one i think they were called one for every victim that they first played with soul asunder uh and that's where we got introduced to him and you could tell he had character in his wrist and that's what i really like in guitar players is when they have character because a lot of people are good but he had he has his own character in his riffs. Like you could tell it's a Sam riff when he plays it. Uh, so that's when immediately when I saw him, I said, "Do you want to jam and try to learn ontogeny stuff?" And he learned four ontogeny songs in a day, which was like, Damn. "Yeah, yeah, I think you're in." Dude. And he got <laughs> I think a, you can do it. <laughs> got a show ready in one day, and I was like, "Yeah, I I, I suck, and you're in, and yeah, that's really cool." <laughs> and, and, you know, I I wish uh, the distance wasn't there. I, I drove to Clear Lake just to jam with him uh, because he was that fun to play with. Because it was like I jammed with so many guitar players that. We're like, yeah, your stuff. I can play it. I I listen the whole album. It's nothing. Then they get here, and it's like, now I'm sitting here with this guy for hell hours. Like, oh, here, let me just try riff number four riff or something. Then you know, <laughs> yeah, let's, yeah. let's go. But uh, uh, Sam was just, I was floored, you know. And uh, yeah, dude, but, I just uh, laughed so hard was, uh, in my head. Because Ian called me out, dude. Was I sloshing? Yep. Look at that, dude. It gets rid of the. Oh no no I know I saw I was gonna I was gonna say like oh I love that defeated Sanit shirt you got on dude. Look it just because of. I gotta throw the shoulders back to make sure everybody knows. No no show show what we're talking about though. Put the shoulders forward. I gotta show what we're yeah. (laughs) I was like I've never heard of defeated Sanit dude. That's some sort of super underground band that was uh uh, coming through. But no like back back to Sam though I mean Sam's like one of those guys watching him play I'm like. Where the fuck is this guy? Been? Like, what is going on? Like, how? You know, just there's these hidden pockets of people, and and you think about even like back in the carnivorous days, like like Dan Kenny and Anthony finding Ivan. Like Ivan just came out of fucking nowhere, out of Turlock. I was just talking was about like, that night, dude. Yeah, yeah. I, and I was like, Adam Palmum, shout out Adam. He he came by for a side job tonight, and uh, we were chatting, and he's he he was like, "Do you know Ivan?" <laughs> like he's actually the dude i've collaborated with on more projects than anybody else really because my guest he's on deeds and continuum but finding ivan was uh such a treat dude because we had a bass player at the time who had played with ivan previously and our guitar player that was aside from dan kenny Ryan, he left because it, we were just starting to evolve past his capability. And um, 
Mike was just like, or Mike, the bass player that we were uh, with at the time. I, I know this dude, Ivan, you know, and Ivan showed up with his Ibanez and a bong and fucking was like, what's up, dude? I fucking, I learned a, a song or two or whatever. And he showed us his skills and pretty much, I think on the spot, we were like, dude, we need to fucking keep going, you know. I remember like Dan sh- coming up, com- coming over with him, and being like, "This guy is like shreds me. This this little guy right here just shreds me." And then watching him play, I'm like, "Oh fuck!" And I remember Dan was in Animosity or some other band, and we did the Carnivorous Run with Severed and Odious and Decrepit and stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, Ivan just held down the guitars on his own and fucking crushed. And I, I was know, like, "Dude, it was uh, what the uh, fuck is this guy?" And, and, you know, at that point when carnivorous dissolved, I knew Ivan was going to keep going and look at what he's done since then, you know? And yeah, he, again, another player that, that came from our shit that deserves it all, dude. And, but back to, uh, I love you, Ivan, but we're going to move away from. Yeah. So Micah and Nate, we got Micah and Nate together. So uh, so I was actually just going to try and segue into how you guys met, you know, like uh, you guys obviously met or did you meet before you guys jammed together? Uh, yeah. Cause, uh, he was, he was part of the Chaz and all those guys, the soul center boys, Mm -hmm. uh, Nate's brother. They were all friends. Nate was shit. You were what, like eighteen when we met? Oh no, I was like fifteen. Oh man, something like same that. brother <laughs> Nate, same brother I met at Cannibal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, so my brother was in a band. He kind of introduced Chaz, the one of the main writers from Soul Center, to metal and it, it, growing up basically. And they had a band called Driven, which was amazing. And as a little kid, I want I like loved Driven a lot. And I had Brian, Kenny, and Chaz in it, who once Driven fell uh, fell apart, they formed Soul Asunder. Uh, they got Keith to play drums for them. They released an album uh, that was a self-titled album, or Man Facts. So I, I, I kind of know it as like Minion or Man Facts. Yeah, Minion. Minion. I, I kind of don't know the official name of it. But when I heard that as a kid, I was like, damn, this is amazing. It was really it was like X toll influence, but super Meshuga influence at the same time, like soil work influence and it, it like Sepultura influence. It was like everything from my childhood because yeah. we grew up Chaz and me and all that listening, like influencing each other and musically with metals, this stuff. So uh, that was really cool. And then they got Micah and I, I actually didn't meet Micah until I was already in anomalous and soul center was rehearsing at uh, Max's house at that uh-huh. time so uh when soul center needed a bass player they asked me to fill in for bass and that's like the era when i met micah i remember remember kind of being scared uh, to meet micah he had like a Glenn, <laughs> Glenn thing about him when i first saw him like in the the soul center videos you know i was like this guy's horns are scary and my dad's not gonna like this dude. Like, <laughs> like banging heaters out in his truck like what's up dude you like satan and I'm like, oh, shit. You know? <laughs> so uh that was like a a cool thing uh to befriend micah at that time too because i was like damn this dude's legit into metal man this is like a real metal dude and and that was a real cool thing to start playing show shows with soul center too because like uh they they were already streamlined into shows playing with micah and the original bass player and all that so i was like 
entering a band that was already like you got to get up to speed playing live we want to do stuff with this so it was yeah. kind of like all right figure this shit out fast you know and i mean Michael, piggybacking on micah micah was intimidating when i was a when i was a kid he was just like he was the hammer you were like you were a hammered guy like back well, in the dude, day, you were, just, you were to somebody earlier so like my stage name was the maniac right off of that's Monique. right that's right the yeah. maniac and you know people like alice cooper's alice cooper on stage but nice guy mr christian off right there's a stage golf. persona yeah. back yeah. then i was a maniac on stage and off stage and off stage yeah. that say was not. my fucking life <laughs> uh, and uh yeah so, yeah that's no yeah that joke. was <laughs> yeah, no, totally. That was that was a thing because I remember seeing you off stage sometimes. Be like, oh shit! I was like, you know, a young, just be barely able to go into the bars, maybe like mm. twenty one or something. And you were out just like after chugging beer, like Aptos Club. I have a, a memory of you just going like, Rawr! and just chugging like, damn, that guy's fucking nuts. Lots drinking. Yeah, yeah. There's so many maniac stories, like <laughs> wise that. When you hear him, you're like that. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. So those, like, the, I heard those stories before meeting him too. It was like, <laughs> you're gonna meet Micah. He's done this. Like, oh, damn, dude. So he had a lore about him when I first met him, and uh, yeah, and hearing all those stories was just so fun. And, and and being in that band playing was was a really good time. So, uh, and then hearing Micah's vocals was really cool cool as well because ontogeny i like i i can't couldn't do vocals at the time i was like a little kid and i still talked like my mom so i like couldn't growl or anything so i needed growling vocals and Micah, once i heard it, i was like yeah please do it so he recorded the first ontogeny album too pillars of uh perversion he's on the the entire thing and i like wrote the vocals and just went here sing it sing this line over here and we kind of did it in, I don't know, like a couple days. And it was really fun uh, to hear my songs with like a real death metal vocalist for the first time too. So that is cool. That's very cool. Mike's so you guys got together. So I mean, Soul Asunder, Aptos Club. So when did you, was were you in Soul Asunder at the Aptos Club? Like that show back in the day? That no. might have been, no, that was probably still roll, rolling. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's but awesome. That I mean, open that Soul Sunder opened uh, for Odious a, a few, uh, a couple times, I believe. Um, the pound, the pound, perhaps. I, I, I can't remember the other ones too, but uh, and uh, it might have been at the house party. Micah, did they? Did you open for Odious at a house party? Dude, I don't remember. I yeah. probably did. <laughs> <laughs> I like when was the house party? It was when San Jose. Um, Oh, was it the Campbell? It was the Campbell. Yeah, the Campbell. Oh, yeah, that, that, I played that one for sure. I remember that. That's one. where we um, got. Yeah. That's what we uh, asked uh, Anthony. Oh, that was, was like. Oh no! It was before that. We got Anthony like do a couple songs with us. Oh, he did. Really yeah. brought him up at the gaslighter. Uh, the gaslighter. Gaslight. Yeah, the gaslighter. The Campbell gas lamp. Gas lamp. Yeah, gas lamp. Gas. Something. Yeah, like something. That. That's what it something was. gassy. But uh, that's where we uh, had him first try out. That was the that was the first. Even though he's frozen right now, if you look, look at yeah, it, it's gone. But Soul Center opened for <laughs> yeah. Seven Savior and Deeds of Flesh at uh, Broadway Studios as well. Is that an NCMU show? 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, the number one biggest show that I remember every time is definitely the Anaheim. At the Wasn't that Anaheim? It was at the place yeah. where... The El... California Metal Fest. That was California Metal I, that Fest. That was my last show with with them, actually. No, oh, it was damn, not. wasn't it? Nah, <laughs> nah. You were oh, nah. you were just on a maniac rampage, and you just forget <laughs> all that shit afterwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. you played Berkeley with Brian without Chaz too, and that that whole set is online. That's like one of mm-hmm. the the sets we have, and Chaz wasn't in the band at the time too. But he, he set up the show and booked it, and it was me and Brian on guitar and Sam on bass and you. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, Dude, what there are so that? many shows I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, God. I have to look at the bloodletting to find out 80% of the shows we did that tour. I try I to find one screenshot of, of, yeah, when people, when I look at tour flyers, I'm like, or like laminates, I'm like, what did you do that show? I'm like, I have no idea about that show. I have no idea. One, I just need one screenshot of my brain to kind of bring me back to it and just like start the yeah. the, 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 yeah. uh, the show brain rolling. That suck really bad, and you don't want to remember them at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, there might have been there might have been ones no, I, those I thought stick were awesome. In your brain, though. Though. Those stick yeah, in your I was just about brain. to say, those, Casey's right. Those are, yeah, the, worst. Those are the ones that yeah. stick around. Like that, like oh. the worst and the best, but all in between, you're like back. Yeah, there's, okay, some, there's some definitely not memorable places that you show up to. Like, as soon as you open the door, you're like, this is going to be shot. As soon as you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you see, oh, like, yeah. some stage in, like, like in Oklahoma somewhere, and you're like, oh, fuck. This is like, like they're, the they're waiting for the fucking Soul Asunder tour. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just waiting for like the, the owner to, get the, to open the door. Like that. There's like a plywood yeah. stage that they didn't even bother painting, you know? Yeah. It's, it's like once they open that deep. door, though, you get in, you walk in, you look at it, and you're like, oh my God, this is the stage. Dude, a lot of and the, the bathroom like, doesn't work. You're like, God like, damn open like, the door and be like, don't worry, we're going to move that buffet. And that's where you're going to set up the drums and table on. And that table, once they're done eating, you're ready to go. It's like, yeah, all right. That's, that's the drive to play live, dude. That's the drive to play live in our, our shit, dude. And we got to find the spots like that. It's kind of, I mean, not to take it away from music, but with comedians, you know, they got to, there's plenty of comedians I've heard parlors. about doing uh doing their set while people are waiting to sit down at a restaurant and and the punchline gets stepped on by somebody being announced that their table's ready you know (laughs) and and so that's just that's the underground shit dude that's the grind that we had to do in order to you know play live shows i went to in high school was this high school band called blind issues and they legit played a chinese food restaurant that didn't stop serving people Chinese food. So it was like a, a high school metal band just blasting while people were trying to take orders for Chinese food. Come in and drink their green teas and shit, dude. Well, I mean. Blind issues. They weren't into corn at all. Or they didn't like corn at all. <laughs> like like, oh, dude, uh, you got to bring up corn at least once while Nate's on, dude. I mean, blind issues. Like those are. That's you know, it's a song name and, a band, <laughs> oh, dude, and an album name. A song and an album. You're right, dude. I didn't even yeah, think about they that. They sounded like Blink One Eighty Two. It was interesting. <laughs> it was 
sound like corn at all. Like you ever but seen Nookie Faith? Nookie Faith is one of my favorite. I'm sorry. Nookie Faith, dude. <laughs> I got faith Nookie. in the Nookie. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, we're Nookie Faith. <laughs> there's gotta oh, be there's gotta be a new metal band that started at that time called Nookie Faith, dude. They dude. Just, they're they're Faithful from Nookie. Like, but fuck nowhere, Louisiana, dude. Somewhere in there, there was a Nookie face, dude. It'll follow the follow the Nookie. <laughs> Anyways, um, so rock and roll is fun. You guys are playing, and that's why we're talking about it today. Um, so no, back to my mic and stuff. So you and you and Nate started jamming stuff. I mean, like we played a. We, I mean, I always think of Soul Sunder. I think of playing the Anaheim. It's in the same parking lot as the Angels play, and Sting played there the night before. It was a big summer slaughter. Yeah. Um, what the fuck was it called? It was the venue. I don't know. But uh, but that was that was like a fucking humongous show. And I remember like seeing you guys there, and I'm like, oh, I felt so much com- more comfortable because fest? yeah, it was a big fest, and uh, the California, California or the L.A. Uh, yeah. California, California yeah. Metal Fest or California Metal Fest? California, it's California Metal Fest. Yeah. Is that Carcass and shit? Carcass and... Yeah, I, I have the poster right behind me, actually. It's <laughs> Carcass, Suffocation, Exodus, Repulsion, The Faceless, Whitechapel, Samael, Arsis, Decrepit Birth, Veil of Maya, Psychroptic, Don't Know What That Band Is, Burning Masses, Don't Know What That Band Is, and Soul Sunday. <laughs> so talk about that, because I remember like... Because we were on tour at that point, I think. Ian and running into reaction. that show. Was it Chain Reaction? No, it wasn't Chain Reaction. No. It was oh. it was like a held like that Sting played there like two nights before. It was it was a it big was ass like place. Grove, Anaheim. It, it was it was a, a grove. Really, really cool uh grove. And man, Psychroptic and Decrepit Birth and the lineup was really tight. Suffocation. What year was it? Uh probably oh eight. Oh, I yeah. was I was like right out of high school, so like '08 uh, when we did that, and that was right after a tour. So we did well, the Grind Your Mind tour, which was like 24 dates, and then we ended it with that show. That's right, uh, and and that was a uh, a perfect way to end it because all the you know when you're on the tour, you're playing all these like shows, you're getting better and better as you go, and then to finish with that big one was uh, the way to go. We were already like practiced, so that was cool. Primed. Yeah, it was a good, yeah. Show, good show. I remember that. That was tight. Good times in the world had by people. You're definitely yep. had by people, dude. Uh, fine-tuned by the end of the tour for sure. Everybody's feeling almost over it at the end of a tour, but still in the pocket, right? That's how yeah, like, I felt. That was a brutal tour, too. It was a Metal Maniacs tour. Uh, or Yeah, Metal Maniacs magazine tour, but it wasn't promoted at all in almost every place we went. It was wow. it was a brutal tour. But do I remember like I mean some shows there'd be a maybe a handful of people, but I'd play play like there's a thousand people out there, right? I yeah. Mean, yep. If yep. there's four people, you make sure that they fucking remember you. And yeah. Instead of being like, oh, this is a shit show, let's just fucking jack off on stage. It was totally, you know, you put on a show. No, that's yeah, a show. Dude. Yeah. And I think we're all humbled enough to where we all did that, right? We've all had the 
six to 10 people in the crowd, but you could see that they were there for you and you now not only are obligated, but you feel like I, I'm not going to half step my shit just because things didn't turn out my way. There are people here to see us perform. Let's perform for these people, you know? Yeah, and there's are you ready? Where... And that one guy's like, yeah. Let's <laughs> <do this."> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> He's like it's looking like, around like, yeah, fuck yeah, actually, I'm down. The, yeah, the personal <laughs> aspects of it end up being a lot more extreme, you know? And and to, for that guy to get pointed out and be like, yeah, I am, dude. He went home and told fucking 10 friends, dude. Yeah, we've, had, we've had those shows, in, even yeah. with Odious and Decrepit, where there's been like two people there and we're like you know we're, we're playing for it and we're like you know bands will leave just like no we're there's no one here we're not playing no. shit and i'm like first of all like we're playing you know like it's a mm -hmm. it's a practice or just like these guys are here and they're excited about it like you can't yeah. just be like no nah, we're we're underground death metals like, there's there's yeah. someone on the in a random city in, in a random part of the united states that wants to see you yeah. it's like to yeah, me that's yeah. that's cool like I, you know, to and walk away from that, mic, dude. I would get up in that crowd with them. They're ask the severed guys. A lot of times we'd have those, you know, small crowds, and I'd I'd get out there sandals and all, dude, and start moshing while I'm doing songs and shit. Just because it's like, dude, we're all here. Let's fucking have fun, dude. Fuck yeah, you know. Well, I mean, like we were talking about, like it's it's like something that they'll never forget. Kind of what we we're talking about, like Micah with the with the Glenn Benton thing. Like if he would have just given you that shot, you'd have been like, forever. That's the sickest <laughs> right. thing ever, you know. It's like, and then those those two kids, and there's people that have. There's that one guy in Rochester that has a podcast now, and uh, I forget I forget what podcast he has, but he was one of the two people at that show because it was a last second change on bloodletting. Andrew. The, Andrew. And yeah. we put like we we were all it was it was it seems the story seems mean but it wasn't mean but we were like playing and we were like putting sticker on his head while we were playing. <laughs> but, <laughs> it seems mean but he never forgot about it and he always talks about it still it's like Let's one of those give him things a quick that shout out underground noise webzine that, that's right that's right underground noise YouTube. he's doing some interviews and shit he's interviewed me uh, and he's actually keeps doing it you know and hits growing for him and i love that dude just never yeah. stop doing what you want to do dude it's a, it's a committed actually that show and i'll bring up like a funny story real quick was the first time because you know when you're on tour you want to go shit in the girl's bathroom because that's, that's that's where you go shit so you're trying to shit you're trying to get your your dump out not in the world those like piss all over everything so run in there go in the girl's bathroom go to go poop and then go reach for uh toilet paper <laughs> I reach and like I'm like not looking because I'm like on my flip phone. This is how old this is. I'm on my flip phone, going like whatever, dude. And uh, I reach and all of a sudden it oh the bottom just opens. It's not even it's not toilet paper, mm. and it's like all these like bloody things hit me. <gasps> you got the fucking discard <laughs> of the fucking. But oh. the thing is, I didn't know that existed. I had never seen one of those. So I was like, I I had to like I looked down. I'm like, what the fuck was that? Did I looked down just see like probably like fifteen to twenty bloody like tampons slap my hand oh. as it goes down and i remember looking down like what why is there a bunch of blood 
oh no i was like this is they have a trash can in their bathrooms they have a trash can and that is uh crazy bro yeah that, that is was... wild as shit but i i thought that your story was gonna go to how you just ended up with no toilet paper and i was just gonna be like well it gets used twice as much in that bathroom so of course it would be yeah i would just go i'll just go walk quicker i would penguin walk my ass to the fucking where the people use their hands and then use that for yeah. wiping i would i'd find a thing out because no in the venue and just find figure the it thing out. out dude but no you the only thing you found was discarded fucking tampons dude i was like worried about like getting a disease because like it was oh, yeah. black and red and all these things like hit my hand and i was like black dude <laughs> well, blood turns black dog i don't know, I don't know if you ever black and green and red oh, yeah yeah man sounds like we're fucking uh writing the new gorgasm album or something dude <laughs> But no, that's uh that was yeah. Anyways, that was a that was a side story, quick side story that you know, touched twenty five <laughs> tampons at once. Quick, but uh, you know, things happen. Um, so oh, you yeah. guys got together. I mean, actually knowing Nate, I think Nate, did I see you jam guitar before that? I found out that you were in Sun Soul Thunder or something. Cause I remember no, seeing I, you as a guitar. Same time. Okay, same, okay. Same time. I I was uh playing ontogeny guitar at the same time i was doing bass for soul asunder and then uh soul asunder eventually uh brian left soul asunder so they needed a new guitar player so i just went to guitar in soul asunder so i played guitar in soul asunder right. as well too so um but i i kind of i think i met you when i was playing bass for soul asunder okay that's right did the band just go like, "What the? Why the fuck are you playing bass?" When they saw you get, play guitar? know, <laughs> Cause... to be honest, I think after a while, I kind of was like, "I'm tired of playing bass for for a minute there," but uh, uh, it was like it was a great way to just start playing live shows because Anomalous, it was the road to play live was just like so far away, and it eventually never happened for me. They played two shows without me, but. Uh, uh, I never got to do that with them. We got so close to doing it, and then Marco was like, "Yeah, I joined a band called Brain Drill. We're about to tour." I was like, "Sick, nice, you you do it." And then, and uh, yeah. yeah, so Soul Center was so, just live, ready right away. So I just started playing shows, and that was super fun. So it's such a long time of playing shows, and working with Chaz is really cool, man. Because and and Brian, they were like, they're musically really interesting players, super interesting. Chaz was like the first person who introduced polyrhythms to me when I was like six years old, because I, I or seven years old when I knew him. And I remember Jesus. him explaining what a polyrhythm was to me and then showing me how to do it and showing me how I couldn't do it. And I remember being so frustrated, like, damn it, I don't understand this. And this guy understands this. So it took me a while to get there. Uh, and playing with them, you could see he always had that fun rhythmic aspect to it, but he was so catchy and flavorful so their their music was really fun i always had fun in that band but playing yeah. guitar was what i liked more than bass for sure you know so so definitely. there was the, the knowing that you two were going to be on tonight there's one thing you know i see it in micah's metal archives discography pillars of perversion yeah i want to know your involvement micah and also side note i think tonight i just remembered or i i'm hoping the memory is correct 
Nate, were you, did you ever go to the OG Thunderdome in Santa Cruz? A few times. I okay. That is where I. Mike got... was there too. Micah came to the Thunderdome too. Yeah. So that, that that's where. I guess I like I think I did. I was like, like yeah, probably. <laughs> that, that's such an uncommon nod. For sure, I, hit maniac mode. The maniac was there. I don't know. Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. For sure, hit maniac mode. You could tell me it's maniac mode because he like looks slightly above you the whole time. You're like <laughs> you're behind you. He looks at your forehead. He's looking over a fence the whole time when you he's just still like exactly. <laughs> that's when you're like, oh, he's isn't he's that funny how we have friends that just is yeah, right they have all, uh, alternate alter egos that that happen when alcohol happens. Like Ivan, we were bringing him up earlier, we used to call him the chupacabra. So funny, yeah, I was yeah. just talking about that earlier with Adam, but it, we used to call him the chupid. Something just happens after the alcohol, but yeah, something right, switches. So yeah. it's a gotta be a confirmation because I even though we've been friends for several years, Nate, I never asked you, like, how did I get that physical copy of Pillars from you? Where was it at? And I'm now remembering it was at the Thunderdome, dude. You probably brought a couple copies or whatever to hang out at a party, whatever. And that's oh, where I got sure. it, dude. It's one of my cherished, uh, you know, rarities in my physical CD collection is the OG ontogeny, dude. So right now, let's hear about how that uh, came about. Like, so Nate. obviously, Ontage came after Anomalous, or were you already working on Ontage? Well, Ontogeny's been my project forever. Like, that's just been me playing music, and uh, uh, I wanted to make a death metal project always because I love death metal. Soul Asunder wasn't death metal. Anomalous at the time, I didn't think I was going to write anything because it was like Max and Tim just arguing and writing crazy riffs. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I'm not going to interrupt that process. It wasn't until the, the next album that I kind of wrote a lot of stuff. And it's because, I don't know, they liked what I wrote. Uh, so I was like, I want to make a death metal project. And that's what I did. And uh, I programmed all these drums. The original recording has even worse programmed drums because it was when I was like 14 years old that i did that and it has like are you selfing right now dude i was no i actually took a picture i'm actually sending uh, all right okay, okay joel's calling me out now so i gotta do it he's I a soul a picture, Anthony's uh, like the middle of your stories all sorry i had to sorry. take a picture I'm just, i had to call him out uh, recent comment I have, I have to tell him he had a sick nickname in college i nicknamed my cousin pig destroyer because she was so shriekingly loud when she would talk like <laughs> uh, like uh, high emotion so when she would get too loud like that i would tell her hey pig destroyer we need to take it down to you know sound garden right now <laughs> <laughs> and and i've never heard anybody have the nickname pig destroyer up until this point so i had to take a picture of that so i could send it to her and be like Quiet just watch down. yourself when you're doing it next time. Don't don't be like this. Just don't don't be like you know to be like that. Sorry, <laughs> like dude, a boomer. Boomer. It's fine. The, cam the camera that I'm on is right here. I didn't suppose no, on normal computers. It's right there. So I I sorry the thing was right next to the camera. All right. So name back to you. <laughs> Nate, yeah, you so remember I, where you were at? I programmed the original album, uh, and then uh, we. I like wasn't good at writing vocals at all. So the first ontogeny vocal track was written by by my brother. Uh, then he said, "Let's get Micah to sing it," and that's uh, 
it's on the album and i can't remember what the song is called uh congregating that congregating coffins was the very first lyric song that my brother wrote the lyrics for uh and yeah he said let's just get micah to do it because he has the corpse grinder like high scream and low Mm -hmm. thing and he has the mid like he he hits all the all the screams you know he had all of them so that's how we were he was thinking of the vocals for it and i was like yeah that's what we should have and we did it and i was like yeah that works so we set up a session where i just wrote all the vocals one day for the entire album and like micah stayed over for the weekend and we just kind of recorded all the songs really fast because uh they're kind of super straight vocals and it's really straight death metal that first album so micah micah grew up in straight death metal stuff so it was it was it was perfect it was going great the session was just really fun and creative because he knew more about screaming and layering vocals than I did at the time. I was kind of just new to recording anything. So uh, just doing all that with him was a growing experience for me recording vocals and then learning how to mix it myself was the first time I ever mixed screaming uh, because I couldn't do it myself. And every time I tried it, it just sounded so stupid. And I thought I had kind of decent songs to show people so micah kind of mm-hmm. finished it out and made it's it album, dude. it is dude i still love that album yeah i mean that album right there is the reason why i'm still an ontogeny fan today obviously you guys have progressed and changed and 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 done your thing throughout the career but what locked me in as an ontoge fan was pillars of perversion and I want to hear, Micah, what's your version of the same thing that Nate just said? So talk about when you got the call, you got the lyrics, what what was going through your head? Uh, he just, yeah, asked me to come in and lay the vocals. He had everything written, program drums, guitars, bass, everything all laid out already. Um, so, yeah, I showed up, hold up the lyrics. He's like, here's the next part. Boom, 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 boom. Um and like like he said, we just kind of rolled through it, um, but it was fun because I, you know, that that's more my my style shit, mm-hmm. um, just that more straightforward death metal. Yeah. Um, so I I loved it, man. I I I was stoked to do it. Uh, had a great time. And yeah, uh, dude. I mean, that yeah. Really and, is. And the cool thing was is like that album. I remember talking about the MySpace days. Um, is uh, uh cannibal corpse's bass player like Alex. got a hold of it you know and put it up in one of his number six you know or number yeah, top yeah, fours top or whatever i was like oh stuff. my god dude, dude you know? he wore our shirt man. for the dvd too and yeah. a block of science photo so that was like yeah that was Alex? huge when cannibal corpse because that that album is like cannibal corpse worship too it's yeah. It's real cannibal corpse heavy on the influence because I was. I don't so know impressed. what it is about that dude in California death metal, but he really did rep a lot of us at that time, dude. I mean, he's he was a fan, got multiple know? t-shirts from bands that I've been in. Same with you guys, and he's proud to wear them. You know, I mean, watching that metal uh, headbangers journey that that documentary he's being interviewed in the severed savior t-shirt you're like what the fuck's going on right now and and but it's cool because you you, i've had the pleasure to sit down and chat with him and i'd love to sit with him on the show guys everybody hit up alex webster if you're connected the cali death podcast really wants you on um 
because we're all the bands that you guys you used to rep and maybe still rep have all been on the show we'd love to talk to you about all those bands and yours um to see a guy like that because cannibal was one of the first death metal bands that i was ever introduced to you know and and to you know idolize them and then realize that a guy at that level who you you you're you feel like you're looking up a mountain at the guys on in cannibal corpse you know they're standing on top of the fucking himalayas while you're standing at the bottom you know and then you see one of the guys wearing your t-shirt or repping your band and giving you props that literally right that moment for any of us right there if we had any doubt in ourselves at that time it was washed with that because you know the the death metal gods have given us right. our fucking <laughs> our, our praise enough to where it's like we need to keep going and keep seeing this through because it's it's being recognized you know by the people that we were recognizing when we got into it so yeah it it it's super it's super i honestly get more excited when anybody reps ontogeny <laughs> than odious mortem <laughs> because i'm just like dude you know about the fucking sickest shit right here in california oh if you're you're another state and someone has an ontogeny shirt you're like we need to have we need to be friends i was in uh when i was in europe uh we played i don't remember where we were at this this show after the show um uh uh got called over anyhow i got a photo with this dude's repping an ontogeny shirt and uh i was like no fucking way he ordered it and ordered the cd was a huge fucking fan Dude. yeah and those are all shipped by me folks he's all i need now. credit for that fucking trip to the post office that fucking postage sometimes it's a bummer <laughs> Sometimes it's a bummer when you didn't charge like those days. I yeah. didn't know. Oh yeah, about shipping so many. Totally. Yeah. I was just like, yeah, my album's available all over the world, dude. War toward countries, it's all good. And I was like, <laughs> dude, so I'm shipping. I was like, bro, forty dollars, and I didn't make a cent, and I yeah, you lost money. <laughs> so some things yeah. got sent back a, a bunch of times. Like there was this one dude. Man, I tried to ship him this package four times, and each time it was like twenty bucks. And after a while, I was like, "Dude, I, I got to refund you the money. I can't, I can't get it there, man. I'm in the hole, bro. Like a like a hundred dollars for this one package." Jesus. I mean that that comes at a you know, a good time. Since we were talking about the DIY thing, those are the things that happen when you decide to be a DIY band. You know, those are. A bigger, you know, company can take that hit a lot easier than Nate can from, you know, his house. You know, yeah. What I'm saying? I mean, you know, for me, the DIY thing was just also because I I don't sit on material. I I I constantly make music, so the idea of waiting for something to be released to me is just I don't care enough to wait for it either. So it, it's. It, mm -hmm. it, it's get it out there because i'm i spent all this time making it so which is probably not the best way to do it either because it should have like a proper release and all this stuff i'm not i'm not good at that that portion of it at all but you know 
I think I all of the all the Ontage releases deserve uh, worldwide access, dude, because that's some shit right there. It I mean, pretty know, much looks Nate so Snow many and fucking... I've been like fucking in the top fans list of Ontogeny for quite some time. We'll yeah, like off. legit musicians will all like talk about like like I remember I was on uh the Cheney podcast, uh Copper Crab, and I was like it was the first or second time I was on, but I was like I just last night, damn, I, I feel like kind of like hungover because I went to go see Ontogeny last night and they were like, You fucking like Levine was like, You fucking saw Ontogeny last night? What the fuck? Where the fuck were they playing? He was like <laughs> mad that he didn't know. He was kind of pissed. He was like the fuck didn't you invite me? Like, what the fuck is going on? And I'm like, cool, dude. Like, one of the, like, most, you know, the top people know about you, as far as I'm concerned, as far as musician-wise. But, like, when it comes down to, like, the, the masses, people are, like, like they're not, like, informed, you know? But, like, the mm -hmm. top people know about you. It's like, yeah. oh, he's, he's insane. He's bananas. He's fucking one of the best musicians. And I'm like, I know! I fucking, I get like, because I remember back in the day, I used to be like the most, every shot, picture, anything, if you look at like my first times, like first three or four tours, it was like this gross Hontagene shirt. It was like, con and you'd give me another, even because I was wearing it so much, mine was all worn out, and you gave me another one, like when I hit San Francisco, you were like, dude, that one's all fucked up, get another one, and I was, cause I was like wearing it so much. Um, because I'm like, dude, people need to fucking hear this band. Like, what mm -hmm. the fuck's going mm -hmm. on? You know, you know like I appreciate that support and thank you for that. And you know, it's I, I guess making this shit has just always been there too. So it doesn't in the end, it doesn't really matter, I guess, for me. I, I have to say this to keep me sane too, otherwise you'll just stop making it, right? But, but I mean, okay, that's a good mm -hmm. question for you. So are you so the purpose of you making music? There, the there's a very small percentage of that you need it of people a bunch of people listen to it it's kind of like i think a lot of it's just like, like you are just putting out music because that's what you're made to do like you, you yeah. want to put out music you're you're a fountain of music you're not thinking about like oh marketing all this you're not doing that you're just going like i just need to put out music for my own like therapy for myself because that's what i'm made put on the planet to do kind of thing yeah, it, it's always just been fun as long as it's fun i'll still do it i love playing with keith playing in solo Thunder, playing with keith keith was the drummer of solo Thunder too and oh yeah and he's, he's a real exciting player to play with so it just keeps life exciting and as, as long as you're doing that you're still having fun uh the promotion side of it has never been fun for me i honestly no it's not fun it, so I don't yeah. do it. So in the end, I'm happy with the little circle that we've had and, you know, the support we've gotten from musicians like yourselves and meet and meeting other musicians has always been a big part of it. And if somebody expressed interest, like, Hey, I, I love the anomalous stuff or I love the ontogeny stuff. I'm always kind of like, dude, you should come by and jam. Let's play some music. I know that's number one, Nate. Nate <laughs> if you're in town, Nate's like, dude, let's jam. Freeze yeah. jam right now. <laughs> like that's kind of what, what it's all about for me and you know that that's aside from promotion it's just like I, you always watch these old documentaries of like Jimi hendrix and all these bands and like yeah we went to this house and we jammed and we had fun together we did this jamming thing and it's it, it they weren't in a silo and like that's a part of music i didn't have growing up i always kind of just played with my program drums and was kind of by yeah. myself playing all the fucking time and then finding soul center and moving that started playing with other people i still was kind of learning their songs and then i got to write my own songs but it's different when you're like just let's jam let's play some 
like Keith, give us some beats and let's solo for days and jam. You know, it's different. It's fun. Mentioning Keith, dude, again, Keith, I've been thinking about you for quite some time. I'm going to really put this out there right now. You, I, I told Micah this same thing. I have a back of the mind list of dudes that no matter what will be on this show because I want to break them up and talk to them about themselves, you know, and, and there's categories now that we've been doing this long enough that there's categories of guests, you know, it's the, the old OG homies, the people we're interested in. And then, I mean, let me back up old school homies that we are interested in new people that we are interested in and legends that we, that made a big thing on us, you know, and sometimes every now and then we'll get somebody that nobody really knows about, you know, but Keith is one guy that has impressed me every single time I watch a video. I watch him live. There has never been a time that Keith has been involved in something that I didn't literally have to pick my own job because of his playing. Um, I think that he is um, out of all these people he actually sits outside of it for me dude he's this unique little like player that that can kind of he's like a kenny garowski type deal where he can kind of chameleon himself into a different project so well dude i mean what's the so when we went to um ontage cartilage and, and then Keith's band, other father. band opened what was the other band that he it, that, they're called that bong Keith. father they're like stoner doom dude that's right bong that Dad. set was fucking amazing to me bro i loved that set and and knowing that keith was behind the kit um made maybe gave me a little bias but in the sense that I knew it was going to be good because mm-hmm. Keith has never been a part of something that has been mediocre. You know what I'm no, saying? He's, he's Keith has, he has a great appreciation for a lot of different types of music. And, and he's another guy that just kind of has to get it out of him and have fun playing it and doing it. Like Bonfather mm-hmm. was formed during COVID where he was just like, well, I'm kind of quarantining and these people I'm quarantining with. So let's form a stoner rock band. And Keith doesn't even smoke or anything too. So it's pretty funny. (laughs) He's like uh, all in time and shit. And everyone's like, why are you all in time? You're not lagging. (laughs) Exactly. It's pretty funny knowing Keith being there doing that. But uh, he's, he, I've been lucky to play not just in soul center ontogeny. I've played in a band called dispel with him, which is, the people from soul Sunder playing jazz music. Uh, he's in a band mm-hmm. called IDSF where he wrote a lot of the rhythm guitars and, and uh, played the drums and it's like prog rock music. It's amazing acoustic stuff, like in the vein of Opeth. Uh, wow. So he's a great musician. I'm, I've been lucky to play with great musicians, Chaz and Keith and Max and, and Tim and, and Micah, all these people are just like they're they're I'm a sum of my influences for sure because I've got I've grown up around these guys just playing music with them like oh this part's gonna be tight when Micah does it so I write a song in that vein or this th- this thing's gonna be tight when Max does it that that kind of style of writing has shaped 
how I play a lot, you know? Dude, it I, gives I, you like a direction, kind of like when you're writing. You're like thinking about, like Micah, you're thinking about Max, or you're like it gives you kind of like a, your brain goes to an influence and a, what will work with this. I mean, you're just yeah. fucking talented. I'm going to go back to the hip hop thing it's, real quick and just say like it's a posse, you know? And and all all in a hip hop posse, all the MCs were just, you know, had their um, uh, their Clowns. competitiveness. Clown posse. Sorry. <laughs> they had their they were competitive, just like we've said this many times on the show, Joel. It was a, a healthy, positive competitiveness that we were having in our collective like we'd see somebody else do something and then it would in turn affect how we were going about our music because if they came correct we got to come correct too you know or even you know healthily one up each other and that i think that is like the progression that you would love to have in a posse or a collective of like-minded musicians that constantly make you feel like you need to stay on your toes in order to keep up with the homies, right? Yeah, and and, and Soul Asunder was that for sure. Um, playing with that band already being streamlined live, and Keith and Chaz are real rhythm nuts too. Uh, and I I became that because of playing with them. On I I like. I, I really am on my P's and Q's now because Chaz is like super precise. And then he started looking at Keith to be pre super precise. So they kind of started <laughs> doing it to each other. And after a while, yeah. you guys are really good and I suck and I got to get really tight <laughs> real fast because you're already playing live and I got to get there. And, uh, and that it's, was, it's, it, it's funny. Actually, we have a similar kind of uh, uh, trajectory because there was, uh, Dylan from I was he was like uh, play with me at Burn at the Stake this band called Burn at the Stake and I was like cool and he's all hey I want to start a new band like a death metal band called Brain Drill do you want to like join with me and I was like sure and so me and him started jamming we wrote the we like wrote the first two songs of Brain Drill together and um, and I was like this stuff is too insane I don't know if I can do the uh, as uh, RP Trevor from uh, Black Dolly Murder used to call them uh, you know machine gun uh turkey <laughs> and that was like that was a perfect description of them but i remember like playing with them and uh but it was start uh, burn at the stake was a melodic death metal band it was soul asunder ish kind of yeah. like had that and he's all dude fuck this let's break off and do something crazy and i was like sure let's do it and then we started jamming in brain drill kind of like soul asunder then going off an anomalous and and an ontogeny doing that stuff, it kind of feels a little similar, just like because at or the Mike gates and stuff, on or do his origin thing, origin that's the same faces. thing, it's like it's, it's yeah. these catapult situations that we all kind of Dude, have. reciprocal came out by origin. Um, we were in the jam room, which was my house, the furniture dim, and practice or Brangel was practicing. They came in my room and listened to reciprocal for the first time, and they're like, fuck, dude. They were like, like, they were all like pissed. They were like, "God damn it!" Like this man is, it, but it was like a healthy competition. I remember Marco and everyone coming to my room, just going like, "Jesus, what the fuck? Dude. We have a riff that's similar." <laughs> they were all, that's good. That's good. Uh, uh, moment to check yourself because you don't want to have anybody any riffs that sound like your homies or anybody else really. But having that 
environment to where you can witness what other people are doing and you're like oh shit that's dope i don't feel like i'm as dope as that i need to get as dope as that you Dude, know paul ryan showed me that album oh, yeah. before it came out at guitar center and i was <laughs> yeah. i'm a little fucking kid too in an origin in an origin shirt. how do you not quit <laughs> Dude, i heard it and was just like yeah you know Whatever, man. Like, dude, <laughs> what sounds, you know, sounds good. It sounds good. Really, sounds good. <laughs> no, but, you know, I think one thing that's always been really cool. I've always appreciated Paul too. So it was actually, you know, it's always exciting when Paul would show me that shit. I'd always be like, "This is the sickest thing ever." Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. This is gonna be the thing, and he still shows me stuff now. And I got to help do the pre-production stuff on their new album. So I still feel like that little kid in a lot of ways. Like, you know, I'm lucky to be able to listen to Origin right now. This is, you know, mm -hmm. this is, uh, little kid Nate would be really stoked at this too, you know. And and I think kind of with our first discussion about music and what I get out of it, that, that's something I've gotten out of it. That, you know, just that that relationship, being able to do that type of stuff. and Paul Ryan's out. one of those guys. He's one of those guys that, like, shepherded us, you know, as as – and was when, when once he like was like interested in hanging out with like you're like what the fuck is going on right and now? He would come to all. He'd come to the big shows. He'd come to the little shows. Yeah, he supports everyone. Every yeah, all totally. Yeah. He's yeah. the man. He's really the man. He is the fucking still, man. He still invites me to the bar every Tuesday because that's his drinking <laughs> day. And I'm like, dude, I wake up at 4 a.m. Can't it be a Friday? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he, nah, he yeah also, we all have great Paul stories. Like, I love that dude. The gear deals he used to give to. Uh, oh yeah, doesn't do day. that anymore. He like as a broke musician hooked me up with the ability to play some cool stuff and record myself. Like he was when I got my studio going. When I first did that, I was just like, "This is the list of stuff I need." And he's like, "Give me that list. We're about to see how much we can take off of it." And it made it possible because it made it more affordable so i i Ian owe mentioned that in the chat and i and as soon as he said it i have a story like that too i think that what it is is it it was a situation that you know paul was working for this company and he knew that there was tons of people like him trying to fucking do what he was already doing you know and he was a, such a genuine and is such a genuine human that of course i'm gonna try and do everything in my power to make it easier for you to have this possibility well no the, the, i think the main fact because i worked at, I, work, I worked at guitar center i i knew what i could do and i knew what i couldn't do and he would do shit that i was like damn dude like he was yeah. hooking you up and actually putting his job on the line it wasn't it wasn't him just going like, "Oh, I like you, and I want to help you." It was him going like, "I no, am going to cut live this on a podcast about it." <laughs> no, no, he doesn't work there anymore. He's he's not guitar center anymore, right? But they're, they're I mean, like... no, 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 no. But they changed they changed their whole structure though, because because I used to have people that worked there and stuff. Uh, my managers and stuff would do stuff. We'd have the guitar player print come in, you know, or, or like we'd had Montley Crew come in and we'd give them deals, or we'd hook them up or something, and. Um, but there was like, for the most part, we we were like, no, no, we want to make a little profit, <laughs> like. But mm -hmm. there, you can, you could get away with things back in like, two, I'm talking 2010, 11, 
Oh, and he told I've actually talked to him about this. The the whole structure of what you could do changed drastically because they were losing a bunch of money and they were about to go out of business. And another mm. company bought them out and kept them afloat and stuff. And then he's all, I can't do shit anymore. But back yeah. then he would still be like, he would be taking basically what he's doing is he's taking away from his own paycheck. He's going like, I'm making zero cents off you, not even dollars. I'm making zero anything. But like yeah. he would do that because he was like. I want to hook my friends up, you know. I want right. to hook people up like that, and and used to not get in trouble for it. And now they changed the structure. I've checked on in on his lunch center, breaks. He would spend time with me and Dan Kenny and just play origin songs for us instead of go and eat some food, you know, and get some sustenance. He would rather sit down, hey, breathe and it, hang out with us, and be like, "What riff do you want to hear?" And see how I play it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And we would be the geeks that would be like. What? doing too let's do like, it dude. yeah yeah he loves what he's doing yeah he loves yeah exactly As he to the origin songs he's just like dude right right totally i totally get that and, uh, so i mean so so actually kind of tying all into the whole story micah so the whole you getting into origin and stuff like how did how did that whole process happen um well i had known paul for quite some time just from local shows and um he he kind of hooked up with my old drummer from legion victorious way back in the day um and uh, so i knew him um and then yeah when they when 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 they needed a singer he he actually hit me up um and i was like fuck yeah like yeah. absolutely you're like no you're like absolutely um, not yeah, no, it was a it was a fucking dream come true because yeah, you know totally. I had done I had done the little Soul Asunder tour, and mm. I did the one run before that with the Faceless, which was awesome, mm. opening up for Nile and shit. That's uh, right. And so yeah, so I hooked Naveen up with him. Drums, um, what's that? What was that? That was also with Naveen on drums when the V it was Naveen uh, playing with the Faceless and Micah on vocal. Yeah, that's right. Oh damn, he did a tour with the. I, I thought he just did some songs with them. He did an actual it's tour. The only yeah. tour Naveen did with the Faceless, and they played oh, two songs from Planetary Duality that Micah did vocals for. I free, yeah, I freestyled those every night. There was no lyrics. Yeah, oh, written. Shit. I just make shit up every night. I knew the patterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. patterns, but yeah, just freestyle. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so yeah, joining Origin was you know. Next thing I knew, I'm flying to fucking New Zealand with them and playing Could with you the remember, wait, I want to take and... it back to your freestyle thing real quick. Could you yeah. remember any part of those songs that you did? You you found one line? It'd be like, no, nothing. Or something like I, that, you know? Some nights I'd pick some dude out and I'd sweat. I'd be singing about fucking his mom or fucking. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was going to say, like, the crowd's not moving enough. You're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can yeah. see doing that. But yeah, yeah just making shit up. <laughs> That's rad. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, it, it was, it was, it was amazing. Um, you know, because the next thing, like I said, I'm, I'm playing shows with bands I had listened to for 20 years. Right. Um, you know, we did that. That tour was was New Zealand and then four shows in Australia it was with Misery Index, Decapitated, Psychroptic. Um, it was just fucking crazy. Boring lineup, super boring lineup. I'll tell you the most insane lineup ever. So the very first show, first song, 
uh, in New Zealand, come out the first time, like walking out on stage, I'm hella nervous and get okay, out. Yeah. We start playing. I start coming into the vocals and I fucking just blanked and no, <laughs> I lost it. And I'm kind of standing there like, don't know what to do. Paul comes over and starts hitting the vocals. I turned around, I walk over and grab some water and I'm like, take a sip of water. I look and there's a backstage door and I'm like, I can either fucking run for the fucking hills. Shake. And somehow I just like, okay, listen to Paul. I could hear where he was. I found myself again, turned around, came back and, slayed the rest of the show but hell yeah dude, that was like panic mode dude i Ooh, literally see, we were like, just talking earlier about the things that oh, we forget and the things that we remember those are the moments that you'll never forget i'll dude. never forget that yeah yeah, yeah. It, that first show could have been the end of it all of it right if i right. would have walked out that back door it would have been done like oh yeah damn yeah. so it's like yeah, super human, human instinct to like all right fight or flight like yeah. do i do i yeah. do it or do i fucking I've blown it already. So what do I do? I come back from this, or yeah, that's that's one hundred percent what's happening, dude. Fight or flight, right there. Because yeah. it it happens to everyone. Time to fucking fight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. Fight like a maniac. It's like you, you fucking, fucking did it, dude. Yeah, you flew on a fucking twenty something hour flight just to get there, and you're just like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> just like you can't, you like in your head, you're like, I can't fucking, I gotta fucking do this, see it through. And, yeah. and Even flying also, there, I didn't know if I because I had a, I had felonies at the time. I've yeah. since had those erased off my fucking record, but uh, rock on. So the the booker was like, I think I've got you, you know, able to go there. But I literally, until I showed up at the airport, didn't know they were gonna let me into the country either. So yeah. yeah. Dude, and and to have that moment where you have a guy like Paul Ryan, who's the, you know, the, the main guy in the project that you're playing with, and he could have totally been a different person at that time, but he saw that you, it was something new to you. Uh, he saw what you could be, and he he kind of helped tried to at least help guide you through that moment, and then it was then you facing you and you faced you and you got back out there and you showed Paul that you could do it and boom, there it is, dude. Yeah. And, and, and it could have gone a totally different way if you had somebody else, like the heroes that we're talking about that are assholes, you know, that that person could have been on stage with you. Like, nah, dude, we're done. Get the phone yeah. Tonight. Yeah. Yeah. It you know, been a, yeah. You missed yeah, a couple of been, lines. Been You're a, out. He's a support system. Like Paul's a support like for all of us younger guys, he's. I mean, we've played a show with uh, Origin Behemoth once, and uh, Matt's amp exploded. <laughs> like fucking like Ingle special edition, like five thousand dollar amp lights up and just it's just he's going like I don't know what's going on at the uh, uh, knitting factory in Spokane, and it's sold out. Insane. There's like double things. Uh, like you know, there's fucking people staring at us. And so I run in front of Matt and I start playing bass. And then I'm, he's, he's going like, dude, my amp's fucked. He's like, Whisp I can hear him yelling it. And uh, we ran in the backstage and no one was there. We we're like, Bill's telling jokes going, what's what's the deal with? Oh, no, not, Jerry, not Jerry Seinfeld, but he's doing like, he's yes, trying to keep the crowd dude. occupied. And no one's there. And then Paul had already understood what was going on, pulled his car around, got his amp out and fucking put it in and got us like set up. 
and like fucking we ran out in the street while we knew our band was on this like a sold out stage of the knitting factory like with a behemoth show necrophagist behemoth and uh like he came and just fucking set us up right away got us with he had a weird rack system with his preamps and power amps and stuff set us up right away and got us going again but everyone else was gone like i don't want to touch that they were kind of like oh that sucks for you guys that's but cool. uh yeah that's a that's a that's a paul story that I'll, I'll never it's one of those never forget like we're staying on stage going like hello guys how are you doing like you know we talk about our like death huge... metal dads on the show mike jacoby eric those are the death metal dads but i think that paul is definitely like the cool death metal uncle, uncle. yeah yeah <laughs> he's definitely the cool death metal uncle that's just like ready to be like hey dude let's fucking do you. this you know but no, he, he, his he urgency. Doesn't, he doesn't really smoke weed, yeah, but he'd urgency. like the uncle that would pass you the joint. <laughs> Dude, he's like no, a but, San Francisco tourist attraction, as far as I'm concerned. Like, if, if yeah, you yeah. like metal, it's just crazy because his bands are known for being DNA Kansas, but he's been in our scene for as long as I can remember. You know, mm-hmm. Paul has been, and he roots for the right team. That's all I gotta say. Oh shit! That's Paul's yeah, team I'm just again. Saying. Niners and KC in the fucking Super Bowl. That's crazy um but yeah he's the guy that all everybody's like oh dude origin unmerciful kansas but i'm like i've only known paul from being from san francisco you know yeah and he's in as long as i've known paul he's just been right there down the road (laughs) city too he's in like right next to the tenderloin and oh yeah his his studio apartment dude that when you guys were talking about city he's in the fucking city city dog he's in the fucking city dude in the smallest (laughs) apartment that i could think of i it was actually the smallest apartment that i had ever been in i don't know if paul's still there but that kind of oh he's there all right the city. that's still how you live in the city dude. we don't talk we don't but, talk about his living situation but well, no like, we'll just talk about how he fucking <laughs> stole from corporate corporate no i'm just joking. <laughs> no but so one thing about actually minutes, but i'm talking about his fucking residence speaking of the city i'm actually that the night paul was like hitting me up to go hang out a bunch and i typed in dna lounge and there are people in the city that name their house dna lounge so i went to two different dna lounges that were in like fucking sunset was one of them because i don't know where the fuck i'm going and they're like all right you're here dude and i'm in sunset and i'm like uh this is not it like and they're it's all they call their house the dna lounge and i was like, like swingers party or something <laughs> they're trying to fucking swap Come dna lounge dna and leave <laughs> yeah. no but literally it happened multiple times in san francisco where i was like typing in the because i don't know the i don't know the even i should know third street i should know that but i did not like double check i was like dna lounge yeah that's it boom and it took me to... slims like i knew where slims was right and dna is just there yolo right. well joel definitely isn't is it called the yellow yolo now isn't it yellow lounge San Francisco the oh most. oh is that what slims became i don't i don't even know i i oh that's I what you live that. there yeah, yolo <laughs> I, he I, doesn't, he doesn't has, here at 11th and Harrison. In a minute that I've gone to, I got to go to them again uh, once I have some metal shows coming up. But uh, these, once Slim's closed, there's no reason really to go down there other than right. the lunch, you know, or yeah. Costco. Costco's pretty sick. Costco, think, yeah, or, or fentanyl one, or 
There's a couple of places across the street. I well, you. I saw Unexpect at a place across the street, but I forget what it was called. On the other side of the street. Oh, uh, yeah. There's a p- brick and mortar. I saw a Black Dahlia murder there and Fallujah. Uh, I think it that, is the brick and mortar. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's right up the street from the Best Buy, which which is still there, and they still play shows, too. There's, there's not many metal shows I've seen there, though. Like, Black Dahlia Murder was the one of the only death metal shows I've seen there. Origin just played at like a fucking nightclub when they played last time. It was like two years ago, I guess. It was a while ago, but it was a straight up like dance nightclub and there was like a yeah. disco ball and shit. I was like, this is fucking weird for Origin. <laughs> <laughs> they played uh, Aptos. That's I'm from App I'm literally yeah. in Aptos right now. And that's where I met Odious. Was, yeah. I was I was twenty years old, couldn't go inside. I was like, they're playing my little town, dude. You have to go see Origin. Like, listen to it. Open that show, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I remember like listening to it on the outside, smoking cigarettes because I was eighteen at least, so I could smoke cigarettes. Mm-hmm. But like, just listening, put my ear to like, oh my god, fucking Origin. Soul Center opened that show, and and uh, it wasn't Longstreth. It was James King played Keith's drum kit. And he, Keith's drum kit was so loud. So bad. <laughs> so bad. It, was like, dude, it was like a high school band kit. It just looked like cracked eggshells. It was it was horrible. So Y'all, uh, the am I remembering this correctly? Odious and Soul Asunder played a show at Op- Aptos Club together, right? Yes. Yeah. I and I'm I'm Almost positive it was my first full set with Odious. Yes. Was it the CD release party? I, it Wait, was, wasn't that yeah. the Origin show? That wasn't the no, Origin there's, show? No, 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 no. There's one before. It was Origin. Before I was that. outside. I was outside. It was oh, Odious. Odious wasn't on the bill. No, Odious uh, was o- Or no, they weren't on the bill. There was a second time they played there anyways. But uh, a second time they were there, and I got to saw I got to see Odious from the side, like staircase from the outside. I was watching yeah. only Casey. And I was like, what the fuck is it? I mean, blown away. But I, I think the origin show was where I met everyone from Odious, like David, you Casey. What really sucked for me playing Aptus Club was I wasn't 21. I was only like 15. So I had to I had to sit outside the whole time. Yep. Like I could only go on stage for our set, and then they'd kick me out every oh, time. Yeah. I yep. always just stayed in the parking lot for all these shows. That's happened to me and Anthony, too. It's it's. It I would, I would actually... Brick by brick, I would I would sneak in beforehand. I would sneak in like while they're doing shit, like way early, and sit in the uh, bathroom stall for like two hours. <laughs> Alex Bent, we had to do that. Alex Bent, we had to do that the whole tour, dude. He really? he had his big old afro yeah, at the right. time and shit, and he was only nineteen. We're just like grab as much shit as you can ha- handle, hold it on like both sides of your body, and just walk in with us, you know, so they don't see the fro. Because once they saw that fro. They're just gonna see that as soon as it walks in again. So if they the face, tell, yeah, he's he's a young child. He was a young looking kid. So it's like you got to make sure and get them in. I mean, there's there's laws now. I think the law, and I think it still was the law here, was that you can get on stage if you're underage, yeah. but yeah. you got to escort it out by security when you're done. Like and that's what happened. Walk yeah. outside. That, yeah, that's, that's escorted to an alleyway and just left there for the rest of the night. There's some places <laughs> that straight up get mad at you too. Like one of the, one of the Monterey metal places that I don't know if Micah mentioned was called the Lava Lounge. We used to play the Lava Lounge all the time. 
And uh, that that's one I had to sit outside for. And I remember they used to get hella mad at me, like, what's your problem, dude? I'm like, I'm sorry I'm not old enough. I don't know. What- <laughs> I don't know what to tell you here, man. I'm trying to age I'm not aged enough, dude. It's like, I'm sorry my parents like bone like way more recently than your parents. Yeah. That's that's I'm sorry, that's on me now. That's but yeah, I, mean, it, I I kind of it was I was young enough to play with them, I guess. So I remember I tried to play in Soul Thunder when I was probably ten years old. And I learned all the Solo Center songs on drums. And I called Chaz and I was like, dude, I learned your whole album on drums. And he's like, how old are you, dude? And I went, I'm, I'm 10 years old and I'm ready to play like jam with you. And he went, yeah, no way am I going to play in a band with a 10 year old. And I was like, what? I, I, I was just like, I learned all of it, though. I learned the, all of the songs. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But it worked out fine because we wouldn't have found Keith without that. Because Chaz found Keith too. So what's Chaz's all... actually full? What's Chaz's full name? Because I feel like I know Chaz. His name sounds. McConnell. What, Charles, say it again. Charles McConnell. Okay. Still, I'll have to look it up. Chaz the whole time. Yeah. He's uh, like I said, him, him and Max are are some of the most inf- him max and keith really are some of the most influential people that i've played with and and still get inspired by to this day when i watch them play with any of their other projects they have so many other things they play with and their ideas are so original to them and they sound like them you know Chaz has never been the best guitar player or piano player but he's always written some of my favorite riffs of all time his piano yeah. stuff is just Dispel is his piano stuff that he released, and he he has a solo album on Bandcamp. It's just some of the most emotional piano playing that it just it's so catchy and sick. So check that out if you ever have time. Oh, yeah. It's called In Black yeah, and we, White. In Black and White. Yeah, by Charles McConnell. I think that's Charles. McConnell. Oh yeah, I'm gonna check that out. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, there's there's those people that are until are scholastic with music, and those people that. I mean, have a have a mix of both, and there's people that are just you know scholastic. We're just like it's only like kind of more what they've learned through lessons and stuff. But there's people that put their emotions out there through music, in a in a certain way that aren't just like oh I learned the scale I'm gonna take that and do augment it. And, you know, they're like they they know what they want to put out. They have a sound they want to put out, and and that's that's I mean the difference between people that fill in on guitar for a band they're like oh i can play all the notes like perfect or someone that like gives a soul to it you know like brings soul to to music and i i think there's a distinction and that's kind of come the old school you know people playing um like certain styles of music because people are like oh jimi hendrix is like they can play jimi hendrix like whatever it's like yeah but can you <laughs> like yeah, exactly. i mean you can you touch the soul at all or are you just gonna play like try to find the exact way he did it or are you going to have your head back and feel it and show the crowd that you are in that mode you know make them believe it you know that's yeah. that's such a difference plastic uh multiple times on the show over the years and every time you say it i just think of the scholastic book club in school where i was just... you're gonna say like weird kind of elastic stuff <laughs> no 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 where you got your certain amount of money you're gonna go get like a a pencil with a with like a dragon eraser and a fucking goosebumps book or something. Oh, know? I always I wanted kids. To like see- hobo, dude. I had no money all the time going in there. Oh, I, I know. Like- one goosebumps 
book. You're like, I got a goosebumps book. I'm good. This the book fair. I'm gonna hold it like I'm gonna get it. And then not <laughs> that Show it to all your friends. We're like, talking about yeah, like this record digging and shit. I think that really actually is the early child version of that, dude. Because there is definitely times where I had an idea because I looked through the manual. This is what I'm going to go for. And then you show up and that book isn't there. And you're like, fuck, dude. The same exact feeling you would get going to Amoeba and be like, I got decapitated winds of change. Winds of change. Winds of creation. Winds of change. You got five, five <laughs> scorpions. That would be actually uh, a, a sick cover, dude. I think that's yeah, pretty much my only claim to fame in life was I was like a street team kid in my 14, 15, I was, 16. Yeah. I was and, a and I got for earache. No, so I got Winds of Creation like six months before it came out. And it was just, yeah. and it's gone now. It was a black album, like for promo purpose only. And I was oh, like, sick. I had to like promote it. And then like, I, I was listening to it and like, this is crazy. But like, you know, like, yeah, couldn't slip out of this shit. But this is insane. At, at the time, I'm like, well, corn, but I don't understand what, what the so fucking... Decapitated was one of your, like, first uh, dives into extreme metal? Yeah, yeah. It was for sure. I don't know sure. if we've ever really actually said that. Well, I, had, I was, like, on on um, Napster. Not, maybe pre-Napster, but I, I downloaded Kill the Christian by Deicide. So Deicide was, like, I would just show it to my friends to be like, check out the... Like, oh, you listen to that? Check this out. It was kind of like a one-up thing. I was like, check this out, dude. This is way sicker than Slayer, dude. Check. It. I was like, you know, I was just trying to like make people shocked. Was kind of the thing, like, because we were always trying to find the one cooler, more extreme thing as a kid. And once I found Kill the Christian, which was, you know, when back in the early two thousands, maybe even late nineties, that was not okay to just say it loud that was not now it's like you can do it you can say that all day dance around saying kill the christian but like back then it was like that was the 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 market that was kind of like shutting down a lot of extreme music or anything with like you know al gore's wife people were going like oh no you know explicit whatever like and i like was like i found the thing i was like fuck everything i was like and i'd like my favorite was going to like country bars i'll go to country bars and like put a bunch of like country songs on and then I would just end it with Kill the Christian. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then watch it just scroll on the thing. Just like, it's all deicide. Kill the Christian. And they're all like shooting full, like with cowboy hats on. They're like looking around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love that. Oh, such love pleasure. I don't know little... And they see me laughing. They're like, let's fucking kill the not Christian over there. <laughs> but, uh, but no, anyways, like back cuck party. What's up? What's up with that? I want to yeah. actually, Micah. I want to. I want to take a turn real quick in your timeline, dude. Um, I want to know when the fine jewelry thing came in. So that came about after moving up here to Mount Shasta. Um, That's right. Well, back up to leaving Origin. Um, so, like, by the time I got to Origin. My drinking over decades had gotten really bad. So, like, I ended up actually quitting Origin in a blackout after our last European tour. Um, right after signing, we just signed a nuclear blast. I put my name on the thing. It was like, achieved my dream. Um, 
but I was, I was, uh, you know, I had this hole in me. I was drinking myself to death. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, I, I, I called them, you know, in a blackout feeling like, you know, their other, their other singer left because of drugs and alcohol, whatever. And, and I'm going to end, you know, end up fucking the band over. So I might as well fucking nip it in the button. After yeah. I did that, I ended up, that was like it. I lost everything. Um, got really suicidal actually drove out to uh, Bixby Bridge in, in Big Stir and stood on the edge of Bixby Bridge looking 200 feet down at the rocks, chugging a bottle of vodka, Fuck. Um, trying to drink myself off that bridge. And uh, so anyway, I ended up moving up here to get um, sobered up. So wait, wait, no, 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 no. You can't what pulled you, what pulled you off, though? What pulled oh, you yeah. off? Joel's on my wavelength. That we can't leave that. You dropped the bomb. We got to know. So what got you to step away from that bridge? So, well, finally, I guess somebody called the Highway Patrol, um, and they, they, they stopped traffic and walked up, and they're like, will you please step down? And it was kind of, you know, another fight or flight, dude. Like, make a decision. Either end it or or you got to mm. fucking get down. Um, so something. So, do, do yeah. you, can you recall, you know, something uh, in your mind that happened to make you make the decision to step down? So I wanted to live, dude. Yeah. Uh, truly, deep down inside, um, I wanted to live. Um you know, that's why I was trying to drink myself off. I couldn't just go up there and jump. Right. Um, mm-hmm, there was mm-hmm. something inside me that knew I wanted to continue experiencing life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so fucking glad I did, right? Oh, dude. Um, Us too. Yeah. So yeah, I ended dude. up getting down. They took me to the mental hospital, which I escaped from in like 20 minutes. And about oh. two weeks later... I was probably going to head back to that bridge. So I ended up turning myself back into the hospital. Uh, Damn. Okay. And uh, then you turn yourself in and you got the right treatment in there. Yeah. I got, got sobered up, went through the DTs like hardcore, like hallucinating fucking spiders all everywhere and fucking flies all over the walls and, people were there that weren't there. They, I was hearing rap music come out, which I hated <laughs> and I was hearing it come out of the walls. So I thought they were doing weird fucking experiments on me and shit. It was, uh, Rip, it was pretty gnarly. I mean, was it only alcohol? Was it only alcohol? That was the, um, and, and, uh, you don't have to talk like about it. If you don't want to, but... Oh, no, oh, okay. I don't mind talking about it. Oh, okay. no, those two, um, uh, Norco at the time, but it was mainly yeah. the, the amount it was drinking at that time. Um, I was drinking like a half gallon a day, barely eating uh, any food. So stopping that all at once, like that's that's bad, dude. Yeah, it was I not. Mean, it's could have killed bad me. in the sense that obviously you're stopping for a good withdrawal, but you that is yeah that you hear that alcohol is something that you actually have to truly wean yourself off of. It's one of the few you can die from. Like yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I've heard, you know, heroin, dependent. yeah, yeah, heroin, meth, all that kind of shit. You'll feel like you want to die, but you'll make you it won't actually you can stay off of it. But yeah, yeah, booze, booze, you can have. I've had seizures and shit like that, too. Damn. Uh, how many years yeah. were you drinking? Like, so it must have been like a daily drinking habit for how, how many years? Fuck, since I was so at the time I was 
like 30. I've been drinking pretty heavily since like 16. Damn. Yeah. Like mostly, mostly daily. Yeah. 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 Dude, by the time I was 17, we had me and Gator and, and Jeff, you know, my first band, I was drinking like, we were going through a half gallon a day. I'd black out five days of the week. Wouldn't know fucking what would happen. I'd wake up with bruises and cuts. And um, so, yeah, that was actually, that's wild to hear, dude. You know, it's in a sense that there are so many um, examples of you being creative, being an artist live or in the studio you know, but there's still this other thing that's going on outside of that, but you're still capable of executing like the art, you know, is yeah. it weird how you could be like, this is how I was. And, and these are the blackouts that I had yet. Here's all these relics, these um, physical examples of, something that i achieved <laughs> and you yeah. and you know talking about being on tour and blacking out and 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 all that stuff it's like it's it's weird to think that we all strive to be a part of this and make things but you know you could get into a position like that where you're also dependent on a substance of whatever and it it kind of is um opposite of what you're trying to do you want to try and make memories yet this thing is taking memories away oh, yeah. it, there's all these crazy things that are happening in that combination i mean right now i'm i'm a little buzz talking to you on this show we're trying to be creative and make this thing that's somewhat entertaining to enough dudes that are going to watch it and 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 uh i probably don't remember most of these shows and i i sit back and i think i'm like it's definitely the alcohol that's the main culprit in all of these stories you know yeah yeah but you know a lot of the people i played music with toured with everybody partying but like dude i had a lot of you're the maniac but i was like you're the maniac yeah uh, on the european tour i mean it had gotten to where i was like i'd have to get booze when we'd show up to the venue because of free booze and hide some in the bunk because i knew when i woke up in the morning i'd be like shaking and, yeah you know and and then get up that next day drink enough to feel good get up and do a kick-ass show but not get too drunk to fuck up the show so it was this constant balance yeah. that you're trying to do yeah and, and it sucks because like i said dude here i am touring with suffocation dying fetus black dahlia you know yeah. like and and origin i mean these are guys i idolized right and 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 i don't think a lot of anybody really knew it was that bad because you know i've been doing it for so many years it was like this is what i do I but mean, yeah it, the it, dudes it was, that the dudes that uh, probably have a real problem are very good at hiding it. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I just, while I'm experiencing the best thing in my life, I had this fucking hole inside of me that Mm -hmm. I just could not fill. 
Yeah. Um, so it was a, a duality that was really, really painful. Um, so like I said, yeah. Talk about, um, the, you know, you said you mentioned quitting origin and a blackout. Let's talk about the, that, that, you know, everybody, everybody who has a problem like that, everybody talks about the, you know, hitting rock bottom. So let's, let's hear that rock bottom story. Dude. You've already given us, uh, quite a bit i want i, I kind of want to know that rock bottom story for you oh that that was probably that was rock bottom that, the bridge uh, probably the bridge well no no i mean that that yeah that <laughs> came what the fuck dude? <laughs> i mean that sounds pretty rock bottom like you're about to lose your life <laughs> yeah well and i had had i grew up with the bipolar mom who was you know suicide attempts and everything and, okay. and i had been mm -hmm. suicidal in the past um but not to that extreme um yeah but so I had, I had, at the time I, you know, lost the girlfriend, fucking lost the job, lost everything. And then when I mm -hmm. lost my dream, when I, you know, self-destructed that, the, the pile, that, that was rock bottom, dude. That was like, I have literally nothing to live for. Yeah. Yep. But like I said, deep down inside, I, I, I wanted to. Where's the will? Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, and a shout out to Paul and, and I haven't really talked to him ever since then. Um, I've talked to John. Um, I think I might even talk to Mike. I don't know that I've talked to Paul really. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, I feel really bad for that. I mean, we were just about to record uh, the next album. Me and Paul mm. were working on all that. I know it really threw a wrench in, into shit for them. Um, well, I mean, it's really it given me such a fucking opportunity, you know, and I felt, you know, I really let them down, but. But enough I, time, enough I time go on. from that. Obviously, Origin moved forward from that. But oh, yeah. I think now that it, it would actually be good for you to maybe just hit up Paul and be like, hey, dude, you know, this is where I was at at that time. You don't even have to do that. I'm just saying now that you brought yeah. that up, I'm like, oh, that'd be cool for you to just make amends and be like, yo, I'm a different person now. Like, th that was a, a darker time in my life. And now look at you know not only look at it but i'm not that same person oh today. not at all yeah I, 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 believe me dude i like i said i was a <laughs> silent voyeur of what you're doing yeah. right now and i actually i you're you're somebody that i follow that i may not comment or or react to um what i see but i i make note of what you're doing and i i i applaud it because i do kind of remember hearing or knowing about this not specifically the bridge incident or yeah whatever, but i just know that it, you know through you or i think it definitely was through you because you've definitely been open about this on your social media yeah. how you had this past and 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 how you're you know grateful for how you are now i mean being a dad and 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 definitely with the health and the spirituality thing i think that um you're definitely that bridge incident was um a reality shaker for you and you took that opportunity and made it something great versus yeah. 
And I can look back on that. Yeah, I can look back on that experience now in almost a positive way. It was a catapult um, to to change my life. And it it took a while. So I moved up. You're talking about jewelry. I moved up here in 2010 and uh, started trying to get sober. And it took it took a while. A few days. What on the 10th? I'll have you know. I've been sober now continuously for seven years, but around back and forth uh, quite a bit, but slowly get, you know, my life got a lot better and there was a lot Mm -hmm. less drinking over that time. And, um, but uh, yeah, so I started working with my uncle here at this shop and uh, on the mom's side or dad's side, Uh, my mom's brother. Okay. And uh, yeah, so was he doing that while you were a kid too? Is that something that he got? Late, yeah, he, he's into? been uh, he just retired 30 years with this business and 15 years down in Monterey before that. So, wow, um, he's an amazing jeweler. And uh, so I was able to get in an apprentice with him. So I still get to work with metal. But, <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Metal <laughs> oh, high, yeah. dude. But yeah, and now he retired and I've kind of filling in his spot here and now my time to shine doing this thing so Uh, let's let's get into what it is to be a fine jeweler because it's obviously precision and um quality oh yeah um art it um i'm wearing a chain i got a few bracelets and net rings on right now i'm i'm into art as jewelry as well dude and i'd i'd love to know what it's like to be in that field dude because some of the stuff that i wear is inspiring to know that somebody handmade it you know um what's that like and what is your specialty um well i think you nailed it on the head is it's art i get to do art for a living right i get to create art and 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 i've been that way whether it was music or drawing as a kid I got into doing special effects makeup for a while. Um, so I love creating things. Oh, um, yeah. And that's, that's, that's the main part. It's something I continuously fall in love with, but, um, yeah, dude, I do do repair work, repair jewelry, um, make wedding rings, custom jewelry. Customers come in with an idea and get to bring it to life. Um, but it is it's you know fine jewelry gold diamonds rubies um it's uh i i'm and and this is literally coming up in the moment right now i i think that we're gonna talk after this because i might want to commission a cali death podcast ring dude hell yeah I, i think that that would be rad as shit i wear i love silver i love sterling silver so if we could do like a Sterling Silver Cali Death podcast theme ring, I'll fucking rock the shit out of it, bro. <laughs> we can make it happen, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. But uh um, Nate's Nate's like, what the fuck are these guys talking about? Dude? <laughs> Where the fuck did this thing go? <laughs> no, no, I'm listening. I actually I I've bought jewelry from Micah for my wife before. Yeah. Hell yeah. <coughs> yeah. That's what's up. I, I bought a, a silver ring, uh I think it was silver. It was an Aruberos. It was, it was pretty cool. It's like snake eating itself, ring. Yeah. But, oh, that's um, awesome. White gold. Yeah. Ouroboros, yeah. Or whatever, yeah. How you say it? I'm getting married this year, so 
I mean, I spent I spent the money on the uh, on the the big rock or whatever. Yeah, but I like think the, the, the band. Be, uh, yeah, the Shasta. I don't know. Actually, you know what? I bought this this right now. I, I'm wearing a ring just because, like, I I feel like I don't know because guys are the guys are like the biggest pieces of shit versus women. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, it. and like when you put a ring on a woman, it's like, yeah, you yeah. can't. You can't do anything because uh, you're engaged now. Yeah, you're like, we just get to wear like nothing. We're like, oh, what's up? So I was like, I'll buy an Amazon ring. I'm just like, yeah. you know, I, I'll, I'll show respect to the show that I'm not like, I'm not like, you know, like just be like, oh, I got nothing on my finger. You know, yeah, you like wait until your wedding, then your wedding ring, then that's when the, then the, and then like you hear about little stories about people going like bachelor parties and like, well, you know, I only fucked like nine strippers. And you're like, well, why are you getting fucking married, dude? <laughs> like, what? What is it? Jesus, I just dropped a bunch of stuff. But why are you getting like, uh, like what, what? What's the what's the purpose of you getting married if you're gonna go out and do the bachelor party and and strip like do the strippers and and like put your wiener in a stripper? It's like, dude, like I feel like the women were just like, oh, we got you as a pro- our property, and like shut shut up. <laughs> and I'm not to get married. To like, oh, like men are just like, no, whatever, no ring, we're good. We're just a free ring, no ring person. So I was like. Until Amazon hit up this like eighteen dollar yeah. ring, and I was like, "I'll put it on just to like show that I'm, I'm just like you have to go through the same fucking thing. Like, why the fuck? You know, my bachelor party was my brother and my cousin at a sushi restaurant. That was my bachelor party, dude. dude That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it's the three of us. Yeah, Nate. Nate, Nate what was it? Sake all night and fucking eating crazy shit. The the bachelor party aspect was it was you eat the lobster's head. And I was like, all right, I got to eat the lobster's head. Dude. <laughs> Nate, what, what, what was your bachelor party? Oh, Jesus. Sand, just like, dude, this <laughs> Jesus. Fucking, fuck the strippers, dude. I'm fucking. Whoa, I'm whoa. Don't fuck the strippers, Hawaii, dude. dude. Jesus, that's I mean, the point behind this. <laughs> I'm saying. The Cali death. Get them out of. Fuck the strippers. Itinerary. <laughs> There's no strippers in the itinerary. I mean, now I guess. My bachelor party was oh, just eating. I chose a Westlake with my dad and brother. It was, you know, same thing. I, awesome. I, I just wanted to get out. Uh, we, we did a really inexpensive wedding that was still like nice. If you book through like the California State Park System, Joel is a tip here. You can get like a fat venue for hella cheap. They only charge you like twelve hundred bucks, and you Whoa, can get damn. fat. So we got married in a like a mansion in San Francisco. That's uh, yeah. my wife's favorite architect. Uh, the had a piano player that was like $300. And I said, play something like Tigre and Hamasian. He's like, what? He's a Tigre and Hamasian. He goes, don't you want like fun songs? I was like, yeah, like Tigre. And like, that's fun. I mean, <laughs> Nate, like, Nate actually, not for again, the audience. Another, another <laughs> artist that Nate has turned me on to sitting in. Oh, in me too. Me too. Right now. I was Dude, sitting on that Berkeley. couch. He's right going to Berkeley? There when he put on Tigre and I was completely floored no I, I had to hit up nate because because i had to hit up nate, nate later i like messaged him like what was that guy you're talking about and i went and followed him on instagram and like get to watch his, his piano like what he's working on and stuff and i'm like jesus fucking christ that's an alien something so that fun. still stays so with me right now yeah it's like uh what's his name what's the guitar player that you guys love whatever it is uh you know the guitar player the guy that had the headless guitar player uh, what's his name? The guy that has There's the big so chords, Alan Holdsworth. 
Alan Holdsworth. He, he reminds me of like there a Holdsworth go. pianist. Dude, he reminds me of like Mashuga a lot. Uh, he's very catchy. <laughs> what, 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 what I like Tigran, uh, about Tigran is he's he's jazz, but he's catchy. He's real modern. Yeah, he's heavy as balls too. It's Syncopation just so is heavy man. in his music. Was that like syncopated? Yeah, the you know what's really cool too. If you really listen to it, like on headphones, and I've seen him live enough to see as he plays, he like sings as he plays. He goes like, so you can hear on the recording, he's just like mumbling to himself the entire time, just like because that dude just music pours out of that guy, and it's so exciting to see like somebody at that caliber of musicianship. It's it's a lightning bolt of sounds. It's amazing. Everything's so really amazing, cool. madam. If we're gonna take away one thing, just because I mentioned that album that you had turned me on to, what is it? Mook root or mock root? Or how do you? Is that what it is? Mock root. It's just yeah. a black, gray, and white type cover. Almost looks black metal in a sense. Um, check that out, listeners. If you haven't yet, you want to hear some uh, brain churning jazz piano. Just some shit, really. It's, I, yeah, it's, it's, it's super not interesting. Just... It keeps you excited the whole time. It's not like a lot of people I've heard say they don't like jazz or like it sounds is like elevator. Armenian? Is that what he is? Uh, I forget where he's from. I think it's Armenia or I might be wrong. Well, it's like I think he's from Mexico. <laughs> no, he's, he's definitely out there. <laughs> Armenian. If I'm, I'm, I might be fucking up. I'm sorry if I am, but I thought it was somewhere where i had not really heard too many artists from before that too and i kind of like to stick my needle in the map of places that i've heard music from you know yeah, he's he, he is armenian yeah boom got it all right yeah. and, and still you can in the arsenal guys all the weed too. it still stays up here as long as i keep this beanie on in the winter but Beanie was still like, isn't it? He from the same place as like System of a Down or something. <laughs> like, uh, he actually he <laughs> fucked with Surge. I, he, I mean, how? There's an album with uh, Tigran and Surge. That's and cool. That's awesome. I think it's jazz is something, but he or Serge. I don't know how you fucking say it. Um, S E R J, right? That's how his Surge. Yeah. 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 I'm not so a fan. Yeah, I can't do it. Uh, it's not you can't funny. do it either way. Racist. It's it's the race. <laughs> uh, no, I guess no. I can't listen to System <laughs> of a Down anymore, guys. It, it, I, I can't <laughs> say the name right. The, the I mean, no, System of a Down. I mean, for their time, the fucking the song "Sugar" was such a fucking fucked Sugar. up song, dude. It was as a as a kid though. Though you're listening to it like this sucks. I remember the first time I heard it, I was like. This sucks. Like blind is and Limp Biscuit are so much better. And, <laughs> I, and was, I actually I was, the opposite. Of I well, was like, what you know, you're right. Joel dude? Blind is better. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, Cole Chamber had a whole career off of it. No, no, I understand. If I'm gonna, uh, <laughs> if we're gonna be honest. Toxicity is better than any corn album to me, bro. Sorry. Get out. Uh, yeah, I'm with Nate on that. I'm with Nate. Oh, but I also it. listen to weirder <laughs> shit still to this day so of course my taste would be a little weird but i think that i have a bigger connection to talk dude you're blind dude you're blind to like what's mm -hmm. going on dude, <laughs> dude i can see I but can uh see, I can dude see fucking go eat some chop suey dude 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, Chop yeah. Suey. Actually, no. Did you hear the? Uh, there's a story with Rick Rubin on the, on on the song Chop Suey, which was called Suicide in the beginning, where uh, Serge was like, like couldn't. Un- it's on YouTube. He couldn't figure out what to do after a certain part, and he had a big bookshelf. And um, Rick Rubin's like, grab one of the books. Just grab one of the books, and the first thing you see, we'll work on it. And it was the. Uh, why have you forsaken me? And you, uh, that's that was just what he picked out out of the fucking mass of books, and he just grabbed it and sang it. And that was it's probably like the biggest part of that song, you know, Chop Suey. But it wasn't like, and it, but it worked with the song and lyric wise. But he's he was like stuck. And Rick Rubin, Rick Rubin's like, he's obviously does he's not like a big like doesn't know about music theory. He doesn't know stuff, but he would just be like. He's like a he's like a fucking shaman. He just goes like, "Hey, go over here, look." All right. Good thing they died. Everybody farts, dude. That would have been a, a, a way different song. Everybody <laughs> farts. Rick Rubin had that great documentary with Paul McCartney too, where it was just him and Paul McCartney, like listening to all the old Beatles songs. And like yep. I said, he's not a musician, so hearing Rick Rubin just talk about music is always fun because he comes from a perspective almost as a listener. Yeah. Uh, what are they going to get out of it when they listen to it for the first time? Exactly. How to play it. So is it exciting or what does it evoke out of you? Actually, but, uh, also- I, had, I had a, I had something I wanted to ask you because I've talked about this with multiple people after our podcast together, but we're, we were talking about um, the music law part of the Beatles going into court. Remember you, you, you talked about the whole thing, right? It, well, George um, specifically. George Harrison. Yeah. So was it, so if you, um, I don't know if you're a, uh, like if you know the law of it. I, I don't know the law of it, but if they're like playing the same song in a different key, is that fraudulent? Like if if they go like yeah. a half step, it can be. It depends on like the BPMs and the intervals between your notes because they look at it like a like a one three five type change. Like oh, what not 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 a key, but a one three five. It's not a key. It's what what is the change progress like? And where uh, where the vocals fit in with that? So they start looking at it as a whole, and that and they also determine like where did you write it from, which is what they did for like with George Harrison when he's playing "My Sweet Lord" in front of the jury. They're like, okay. "Well, how did you come up with that riff?" And he's like, "Well, you know, I'm playing around with these things, and then I started moving into this." So it shows his writing process. So they look at it like, did you directly? Sit there and say that thing. I'm stealing that riff from you, or did you just happen upon it? It's in the air. Because remember, Joe Joe Satriani sued Coldplay. That's that's where I was at IKEA with my fiance, and we were talking about this. Um, So Joe Satriani sued Coldplay for a song. I remember us both listening to it and going like, "That's close," but it's like, how do you sue for it? Like, and I remember the George Harrison comment. We were talking about the on your podcast. Like, I don't know how. I mean, he. I mean, Joseph Pacheco lost, but I. I don't really know how you present that in court. You know, there's some people that have won too. Like John Lennon actually got sued by Chuck Berry, uh, uh, and oddly enough, it's one of the most famous Beatles songs. That is, it's straight up a direct ripoff of Chuck Berry, and it's. Uh, come together it's uh he come on flat up he come grooving up slowly he come the oh, chuck yeah. berry song is he come on flat up he come grooving up slowly he come. it's just <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. that's pretty close i don't know <laughs> like yeah, he stole my song straight up and john lennon was kind of like yeah, yeah i kind of did no shit <laughs> 
they ended yeah. up paying him out for that. So that's I kind mean, of a, okay. is that ego? They can't admit that they're just given a nod to Chuck Berry in that point. Like, well, I think they're being creative at the time. I think they're being, no, I didn't, it was, no, I think they're being, cre- it's like a comic. It's a comic. Anthony. I think I feel like they have it in their head and they don't know they have it in their head and they're writing. And then you're just like, oh, let me just throw. It's like a That's joke. Actually, dude, and the like, Cat Williams thing. Let's talk about the Cat Williams thing real quick. Guys, I'm sorry. We're going into the deep end right now. So that weird thing that he had on the Club Sway Sway uh, interview that he had where he just, like, just capped fools <laughs> through the whole entire thing. Like, Cedric the Entertainer, he's a joke thief. Like, then there's videos. And you look at the joke and you're like... Dude, there's only two parts that are different. Even Couple including words. the physical aspect of the joke, there's still similar things in there. So there's like parallel thought, and then there's just no denying like blatant plagiarism. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and there's also things when you look at it like how much money is tied to what is happening here too. Mm-hmm. Like, exactly. You know, if somebody steals Carlos on- Carlos Mencia, no one would have gone after him if he didn't make any money. But he was on Comedy Central, and he yeah, had stole exactly. a bunch of jokes. Yeah. Do you guys want to do something new money. right now? Oh, uh, Nate's talking right now. No, I'm sorry, but to Quinn, no, Nate, gods, Nate was in the middle of us. Uh, I'm sorry, guys, but we will set Jesus. it up until Nate. Hold that just for a second. I just want to lay this out there. I have to piss really bad, and I was excited to hear what Nate had to say. This is do really all to this guy's song. Up. It's Quinn Gods. Well, he wants fucking us to Anthony. react to a song right now. He's no, I, I know. Cool. We'll do it later. But uh, fucking Nate was talking. I never and I said talk- to lose that. I didn't say we were going to do that right now. Let's fight on air. Hey, hold that. Do we do it or not? Because we'll just start with Nate. We could then- do it in a little while if we want. What but Nate was on, on a. Um, he was talking all sick, and I was excited. Nate knows I'm not going to let him stop there. He, I want him to keep going. I just wanted to say, do we want to do that? Don't let our children fight or see us fight in front of them. I'm just kidding. Um, no, but no, I, I was really excited about was Nate. Would I mean, we'll, we could do that in a little while for sure, whatever. Uh, true and gods. So, but, Joel uh, doesn't want to listen to your band, guys. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I want to hear what Nate has to say about what he was about to say. I'm so excited lost right now. I have no God idea. Damn it, Anthony. But okay. uh, uh, all right. Was it really wanted me to finish my thought? I could do that if yes. you want. Yes, yes, that's oh, what so I want. Finish right. your thought. Stuff is all tied to money, right? If somebody steals one of my riffs, uh, in uh, there in another death metal band, it's kind of like, you know, that sucks. You're whatever. Old, you're old, but, thank you. Know, <laughs> if Metallica steals one of my riffs, I'm kind of like, hey, bro, how much money did you take <laughs> off that riff, dude? I exactly. Want to that, exactly. That so I think the same thing for comedians and, and all that entertainment business is if they made a shitload of money off somebody's idea, like George Harrison stealing your song, that dude's going to make way more money off your riffs. It's just totally because of who he is. So he's like, look, you're a struggling musician. He's like, ah, I want to add like another part of my mansion, like over here off your song. And you're yeah. like, dude, I'm my struggling. Sweet my yeah. sweet. But, you know. I, so I think you said, uh, can you can you talk about that video? Because I remember the last time we were talking, you you said that video. There was like a video of him playing in court or something, right? Yeah. No, he. There's the story of him playing in court. He's he had to play "My Sweet Lord" for because he got sued by the Shirelles, I believe. 
something like oh. that, the Shirelles. And the song sounds just like My Sweet Lord. So they, they basically told him, play the chord changes, play how you wrote it. and Yeah, it's a show everybody. how he got to that. Yeah, like how, how did you do it? Did you directly steal from it? If you listen to like interviews, if you, if you had no, if you had no proof of getting to that chord progression or whatever, then they could use that against you if you're in court. But if he shows like, all right, I started playing with this stuff, and then it moved me into this direction, and then I got to this, and then boom, now we got this chord progression right. That's here. where lawyer shit gets off the chains because it's like a lot of people like that are you know go to comedy like they hear a joke they're like oh it's funny i see what he did with the correlation there and then they are writing and they're like oh this subject oh i use this correlation and they do it on stage and they got it from over here but then they use it over here and they they forgot that they heard it and they're just like saying it or or they plagiarized but um it's kind of like when i hear a a riff or something or i heard a drum beat i'll start writing a riff or like feeling riff and then i'll write the riff and i'm like i've heard that riff before god damn it yeah. it's an already it's already programmed in my brain but i feel like that has to go with the speed and then i'm like all right well i can't do that now i have to change all that you know and it's because you've with musicians and stuff we're hearing cool riffs all the time and we're we're jamming out not even thinking about it we're just like it's in our brain it's like stuck in our brain and then if a drum beat comes along you kind of like could you could do that same riff, you know, without even thinking about it. thinking it's your own um, artistic move on a, on a drum beat. But then you're like, oh, I just I'm, my brain recalled something, brought it down to my fingers and now I'm playing it. Yeah. I, I, yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Micah, what do, what do you think about Joel just said? <laughs> yeah can we, did yeah, we yeah, follow any of it? no i no i know what he's saying because uh, you know i've been been playing music again just locally just for fun and i think it's a, the brain gets inspired like mm-hmm, i hear mm-hmm. that all the fucking time um and i've done i've done the same things too it's just like no that's that's too fucking close even if it's a little different but i'm like no that's that's too close like yeah, yeah. Somebody hears that and they're gonna go, Oh, I know where he got that. So it's like yeah. there's a lot of riffs nowadays I hear from bands and I'm like, Oh, what song is that from? And I'll like like Dan Kenny hit me up a couple weeks ago or maybe a couple months ago and was like, dude, this riff, where have you heard this before? And we like narrowed it down and found it. What's <laughs> like, funny is in that another band, we're yeah. doing the same thing at the same time. So it yeah, yeah, the yeah. Riff and he's just I like, feel like when, uh, when I'm writing, I'm I'm more hyper aware of trying not to listen to a lot of stuff, especially metal yeah. stuff. Cause I, I yeah. don't actually want to be influenced by a lot of things and have that. Cause like you said, it's in the air. Sometimes you hear something and then two months passes and you think you're like, Oh shit, that, that's a cool idea I have or a vibe I have. And it ends up being the same thing. But when I was first playing music, I, I, I would always be so aware of when a riff sounded like another band. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I, and it really tailored how I play. Like, can't do that. They did this. They did that. And I do, you always try to find something that no one did, which isn't oh. fucking possible. Yeah. It, it, it's it's yeah, impossible yeah, yeah. now, but it, it's still um, the feeling of, you know, when you write a riff or write a certain thing, 
that feeling of oh i haven't heard really heard something like this although it may be deceiving when you're in that moment it's still something that's like a rejuvenating like energizing thing to where you're like all right i i made something that doesn't sound like anybody in this moment i can't recall anything that is like this you know that's a good feeling dude that's yeah. we're until you found trying to hear riff that you hear you heard exactly like yours like fuck well it, you know it's funny we it's all have like, that oh dude fuck that's a gorgasm riff fuck that's a fucking it's really yeah, funny yeah, yeah, yeah. How, like metal is too though like when, again having my wife's perspective she listens to metal but it's kind of a different metal scene and she listens to like noise music and jazz music and r&b music she hears how nitpicky we are like no that's like tech death over here and this is prog and all that stuff but to the outside person it's kind of like well you're all playing distorted guitars you all have (laughs) fast bass drums and you have a guy screaming over here about death themes and stuff so like the nuance thinking of like are they really that different i'm like yeah it's about justice though because you know (laughs) is different than car bomb but they do the same thing so like (laughs) <laughs> that is a funny thing to bring up because that, that that's when you hear someone that has like that that outside perspective of not your perspective where you're like no dude it's like din it not dan it like it's yeah. way and they're like what the fuck are you talking about it's the same dude <laughs> like, 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 like mashuga is so nuanced because a lot of it's you know open polyrhythmic things so yeah, that exactly. Change of da or da da changes the yeah. whole thing. Like the whole thing. Zero one. After the four, dude. It's after the four. Like we're insane. That's all there is. Yeah, 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 I think we're, we're just crazy people. We're literally yeah. crazy people that are sane enough to talk about how crazy we are. Yeah, in. Yeah. I can talk about metal for hours and we have and I could I could anyone that has that interest automatically you're like sick we can talk about stuff for a long time because we have that same same passion and somebody wrote yes yeah Mashuga is all 4-4 I roger that trust me I mean there's uh, a 4-4 four, four pulse in there for sure yeah but, but it's after you are... the 4 is in the and of 4 or the uh <laughs> of 4 the fourth, and, but you're uh, telling the truth dude because I mean we jump through so many social hoops quickly in this thing, like to the point where I haven't seen Micah in years accidentally video call him. And we're just like chatting at work. Like, Oh dude. Yeah, dude, what's going on? You know, like fucking it's like no different than it was years ago. Yeah. And Micah in a while either. So Micah. And speaking of Mashuga, I'm bummed. I didn't see you, Nate. Yeah, I, I was oh, there. They didn't sure go to Mashuga show. Gonna be there, but because uh, oh, I'm good. not really a Mashuga fan, but like I will not listen to them outside of a show. I understand that. But, I understand both. But yeah. I, I actually really enjoy them live. I got to see them in in Europe at uh, what was it, Mountains of Death, and I was like, oh, dude, these guys are actually fucking sick. But then I try and listen to them while I'm at the gym and I'm just like, eh, just doesn't, doesn't do it for me. They're one of those bands that I've got to see. Live. What does, what does it for you in the gym then? 
Oh, what have I been listening to lately? Uh, What's gotten you the most? You you hit your your. I have to uh, pee really bad, but I want to know. Go for it, dude. Lately, lately, Borknagar is like hands nice. down like my favorite band probably ever now. Hell I, yeah! I actually fucking love their their new stuff. Their last couple albums have been phenomenal. I mean, I love Quintentance is what really got me into them, but nice. um, their last couple albums, and then recently. Um, I just got into uh, Cattle Decapitation. Their last album really pulled me in. Um, I never listened to them. I don't know what it was. Like when they first came out, there was a whole like vegan thing about them. And like they were like capitalizing on that. And some reason that like turned me off to them. Yeah. And I never really listened to them. But <clears throat> their latest album that came out, now I've been going back through their catalog. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but, so uh, the, their trajectory has been something really crazy if you look at it from start to finish. And yeah, I really dig what Travis is doing band. with his his vocals and stuff is uh, sick. Dude, oh they, yeah, dude. Like, As a vocalist, you look at that dude and you're like, time. like what do I need to do? Cattle decapitation opened for everyone at the pound for like years. Yeah. I know, like, isn't that crazy? years i remember seeing him all the time the dude was spitting all over himself and they didn't sound like they do now though too like they no, got the, it was the I, I looked at cattle as the same kind of level of like exhumed and kind of these uh always present bands in these these tours and stuff that would come through the pound and you just figured oh vulgar pigeons or severed savior all these random local acts would jump on these shows cattle i didn't even realize was from socal because they were on so many pound shows yeah that i thought that they were more local norcal but no they're san diego yeah so i don't know how we came across cattle so much in the early years but cattle was definitely very prominent in those early years of the pound for sure yeah they played all the time i, I saw them all the time there. dude but they don't sound like they do now they got way more precise and like faster and the drummer is just a monster now and i think he, vocally they got better and the, so they're kind of a different band now so i agree that that cattle album is the money but you know mashuga is the money micah uh, <laughs> uh <you know. laughs> They're just the best band in the world. That's all there is to it. I I ever... love I I love Mashuga in the sense that I get um I get into a like a meditative state when I'm very trance like. That's what they are, yeah. right? You know, when I'm listening to them that. and actually even live more so. Um, when you see that band with the right um sound system the right energy of the crowd there is this um involuntary trance state that happens in those crowds that i uh definitely appreciate the feeling of that you know yeah to be a part of like something bigger and that's even though i'm not contributing to the music i'm not doing anything but you get like roped into this like um, i'm a part of this giant blob of 
this amoeba of energy that's happening and 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 contribute in the sense of putting my energy into it and and you you eventually like involuntary yeah they're just super primal you know that's like it's all it's all rhythm based so you get a primal mentality as soon as you see it live you feel that four four because they they really do that and if you really just want to feel that four four and simplify it it's awesome if you want to get in the weeds of what they're doing it starts getting more awesome i think too but if you just want to appreciate it from that distance level i think it's it's perfect for that too which is why i think they're genius they're complex veiled in simplicity uh they're respected by jazz musicians they've reinvented their sound from like thrash jazz metallica to whatever that eight string shit they made to invent a new sound of gent and all that now they like they invented that shit and now they're they're kind of they're delving more into the they're simplifying it even more which i actually think their early stuff's better but they're they're like in their 50s still making new material that is exciting in some way that i can still listen to and be like i'm excited to hear this and there's gonna be new ideas on it that i haven't heard and i don't have that with a lot of bands especially ones that have been around for you know 30 five years or however long they've been around you know can i ask you something nate because I, I know that you understand mashuga on such a deep level and i try to i know that four is there and stuff and they get the like whatever that whatever they decide to do there and the fact that they're all locked in on whatever the fuck random shit they're doing under the four um how how do you count that like i don't understand yeah. How, so for for you to like just cover a song, is it all memorization under the four, or are you counting in some way? Yeah, and that's what's funny. Like I think people think of Mashuga differently. I feel it. I don't count a fucking note of it. Like we covered Mashuga, uh, Corridor of Chameleons, and I just feel where the pulse is, and I know where I'm hitting on the off and upbeat of it because it's just such a fat groove to me. And playing with ups, upbeats, and downbeats like that is it i don't know it's kind of just it's my thing i like doing that a lot so i feel it more but if you really want to like if there's something that's hard to feel which can happen they have stuff nothing has some things that they start playing with like dotted eighth notes which those make you feel like whoa something's off but they're all together somehow Mm -hmm. uh with those it's easy to start thinking of them as a repeating pattern which is super exciting if you they do like a group of three a group of two a group of three and then it will repeat that same three two three over and over again but where that three two three starts is different in context of four so if you wanted to just disregard the four just go like three two three three but but a lot of times when people think of mashuga like that they end up rushing or they end up dragging because they don't know where it is that's like that's the whole thing about it is did you find where it is uh, which is what's complex about it and a lot of people who are like mashuga is easy it's just a bunch of zeros all over the place like oh my god that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard just do it think about uh zeros and ones zeros and ones so easy there's there's videos that i've seen where you and, and these are actually some of my favorite videos to watch is live musicians who fall outside of each other like a guitar player or a bass player that 
that lose themselves and then they both you can tell try to find the one at each other to try and find themselves again and to see the recovery the recovery is that's a bonus uh, uh, standing ovation for me in a band to get the recovery after almost stumbling into a train wreck you know Mm -hmm. i love that dude I, sure. just, I, just, I saw one today recently and I was just like, yes. Chef's kiss, dude. Like, you guys did it. That's so like a total train wreck. Totally. Yeah. Pull it, I saw one, it together. No, I saw one actually uh, two days ago that was from, it was like an, someone posted a video of death and Chuck broke a string. It's probably like a, it's probably like a, a video people have seen a bunch, but I saw it for the first time the other day. He was like, fuck, ran it back, was like, and did vocals like this for a while. He was like looking back for his fucking guitar constantly. And then they threw it on him, and it was like right in the middle of fucking like a solo of spiritual healings. Like, right, I was like, oh, oh that's, that's like, to me, that's Rutan like, that's that to me live, dude. No, no, me too. That's and, a multiple and shit. Yeah. Strung it up and I mean. tuned it himself and came back to finish the song. He got it done before the song ended, didn't he? Finished the song, and we all were, dude. The yeah. the sound of that room after that song, because of the recovery, was so much louder than any other response to any other song that night. Well, three piece. Yeah, I remember that. It was like a three piece. It's like if you're you're the guitar, so the guitar breaks. <laughs> like you, you have to go, and he did it like restrung himself. Gets it going, blah, blah, blah. And it came back right for a part where he had to sing and play guitar. Like, solo. It, it, ah, dude, it's a, as a three a pro. Piece, it's, it's a bummer. <laughs> it, it, it's <laughs> like, we've had, like, I use a looper live to, to, like, solo and stuff. And if you aren't playing with a good sound system, you if you can't hear the loop, uh, you don't know where it is. So sometimes, like, I have no idea what's going on. The loop's going under other riffs and stuff i'm like oh shit there's a loop playing like in the background of other yeah riff. yeah yeah. Or, or the loop is all feedback and i can't tell and then people are like it's awful i'm like right it's great I <laughs> <laughs> actually going back to my sugar real quick so the reason why i ask this question to a lot of people i'm learning this right now in my head is i toured with veil maya a bunch probably did three or four tours with them and they were like obsessed Mashuga was like their number one thing but they would do, they had a riff that they called the Lost Riff because there was like a code at the end of the Lost. It was like 169, but there was like a code at the end of the show or something to unlock something. And they made a riff on it. And it was a Mashuga riff, but they were like, yeah, it's like 169, And they were just going, but it was all four. They were like 169, or whatever the yeah. fuck it was. They're thinking and, of it clusters of eighth notes or, or six sixteenth notes, which okay. I, like I, said, I I don't do that. I, I I feel the riff in four, and I think Mashuga does too. You can tell with the way they're the way they rock out. No one's up there like three, two, three, four. They're just up there like no, no one's counting. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I I'm trying to find the frequency. It's like doing a certain amount of mushrooms and you find the frequency or something where you find a new kind of way of looking at stuff. And with them. I guess timing has always been felt for me. It's never been counted. Like when I do odd time stuff, it's never been, I'm not counting ever. I just know the feeling. I know. Yeah. And there's been times with decrepit, where there's weird timings where we have to like, we all come in at the same time and it's like not 
it's not correct in any kind of timing sense but i'm looking at everyone else like and then we go on together it's like it's like it's like there's not like a there's not there's not an interval in there at all it's just it's like we just we decide to come in when we come in and that would that wouldn't be yeah, we weren't like we weren't we never didn't have click tracks we weren't like we yeah. never dropped in together but it was it was just like kind of like a and there's times like matt would come in super early and be like ah oh, like an asshole yeah. or I'd, I'd come in early like ah oh, asshole it was, it was that, that lesson that Chaz gave to me as a little kid he said something that always stuck with me he said you know when you're playing these types of things it's not about you playing it's about when you actually aren't playing that silence is what makes these things tight if you don't hear something yeah. playing that and then you all come in with a cha -cha -cha -cha, it's like becomes oh but if it's loose now it's like ah you know they're sloppy you can totally yeah. hear the difference between you know mashuga and a, a high school band that's thinking they're playing mashuga you know animosity like, used to do animosity when we were younger used to do stuff like that they like do like a quick little stop, but it would be silent in that stop, and that yeah. I know that they were on point. And I was like, "Ooh, yeah, <laughs> uh. dying fetus." I think they got that from dying fetus a lot too, because they had those oh yeah, types too, and and decapitated sure. their stops. Uh, Mashuga did it to me in a way that's so heavy still, and that's what I like about them is they're respected, but they're just balls out heavy screaming. And yeah. that that if you really want to look at like a, a cool pattern that's repeating in four, uh, the mouth licking what you bled on Chaosphere, the 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 no, final it's my favorite album. Chaosphere is my favorite album. But, uh, it's my favorite album too, and it's probably their harshest album. Me it's first, like, me first, dude, me first, bro. They I came from <laughs> corn. That. That's like no, no. I got I was like two thousand two or three or four. My brother showed he showed me that in uh, calculating infinity. Dillinger Escape went at the same time. He's all end of the main. He's all. He's all. You're end of Nate and Joel arguing about. No, no, not arguing. Because I both actually for real though to end the Maniac episode, there has to be a Maniac story. Oh yeah, we need the best Maniac story. Like best, Micah, the Great American Musical. Yeah, yeah. So when my buddy Ed the Shred, I'll give a shout out to him hit me up because he's like oh i saw you're gonna be on the cali death fest i'm like this story will probably come out so yeah great american musical i had uh drinking a bottle of jägermeister and uh before going to the show had a couple long couple long two or three long islands when i got there Fuck. and uh i told my buddy i'm like i'm gonna jump from the fucking balcony tonight the whole top Joe and I were just I there recently in the last yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's a drop. That's a drop. Very high. Yeah, so I go up there and dove off the first time. I can't remember if I let the crowd know. Somehow I survived it. Pulled it off. I like get up. I walk over to my buddy and I'm like, Did you see that? That was the sickest thing ever. He's like, I went and got drinks, dude. I missed it. And I'm like, I'm gonna do it again. <laughs> no, not no, twice. I, Fucking walk back up there. The second time I go to jump, there's that little like ledge that keeps people's beers from falling off. Yeah. And my oh no. Foot okay. hooked on that, and I went straight down onto this couple, oh. and I land on them, and I just hear <laughs> like, and I shattered four of these ribs here. 
broke them on her or his head. Uh, and so I like crawl. How were they coat. real quick? Did you ever find out? What's oh, that? Good. Did you ever find out how the couple was? Oh, I have no idea because I didn't have time, dude. I like stood <laughs> up in severe pain. Security guard dives off the stage, grabs me by my neck, drags me out to the front, and throws me down the stairs. With broken oh. out the front. Which I don't blame him, dude. I could have killed somebody easily. Yeah, like, yeah. It's yeah, a yeah. body just. Hey, you know, they, they're probably just sitting there watching the show, and all of a sudden, some dude lands on them. <laughs> Yeah, that's the maniac story, dude. You jumped out of a car. What's that? You jumped out of a car with a knife in your pocket. So that was that was (laughs) Nate's leading all the maniac stories. So when I was seventeen, um, my buddy had just gotten a sick ass Chevy Nova. We're 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 slamming a big bottle of vodka. There was this grassy knoll on the side of Carmel Valley Road that, like, I'm like, one day I'm going to jump out and do a jujitsu roll on there. And so, yeah, so we're driving down this one day and I'm like, fuck it, I'm hammered. I crawl up onto the window. We're doing like 35, 40 miles an hour and I just dove out. I do the roll. I get up onto my feet and I'm like, I fucking pulled it off. I see the car kind of driving off to turn around. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I feel kind of dizzy. And I lift up my shirt, and this scar, there was a hole right there. Blood <laughs> gushing out of where my heart is. Oh, my and, God. And uh, I realized, so when I dove out, I had a boo- a six-inch Bowie knife in my uh, leather jacket. And it <sighs> pierced through the sheath. It went through my ribs. And doctors said it basically kissed my heart, like millimeters from my heart. Right. So it went in, I rolled, it pulled these ribs, like these ribs are still overlapped here. Next to the ones I broke on those uh, folks' head years later. I literally was like thinking you were going to land on something in the thing or whatever, but no, you were holding. If you landed on the knife. So then I got, I'm in the hospital and the cops show up and they're like, who stabbed you? And I'm like, I stabbed myself. And they're like, <laughs> who are you protecting? We won't let them hurt you. <laughs> you get put on like a 72-hour notice after that? Myself. Like, Dude, and this was the most metal thing about that story I remember <laughs> you telling me was you were wearing your Cannibal Corpse vial oh, yeah. and you did No, it was the eaten back to life. Yeah, you were yeah. the one with the ribs, like yeah. ripped out. <laughs> I still have I still have that shirt. Yeah, they were gonna corn. cut the shirt off of you and you said no, 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 no. And you <laughs> Yeah, yeah. They, they had me in the ambulance yeah, and they needed to cut man, it off man. to get to the moon. I'm like, fuck no, lift me up and take the shirt off. <laughs> so I got out when I got out of the hospital, it was all <sighs> of solid blood, and the shirt was just a chunk. I, but I still have that shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right, dude. I mean, you kind of need to keep that as a reminder of, you know, what the maniac is capable of. Oh, yeah. dude, the yeah. maniac. What? Hey, you're drinking that much? Like, there's, there's stories that you even don't, you don't remember that are probably not similar, oh, yeah. but, like, insane. Probably, oh, yeah. You know? I, know, I, I know we've been going a long cars, time. But... Dude, I've driven several vehicles <laughs> off cliffs, rolled them over, stuck on to fucking <laughs> giant boulders. 
Hands <laughs> <laughs> reaction is the best. <laughs> Dude, Dude yeah, that's the story yeah. I remember too. You drove your car off a cliff into a tree, and you just climbed down the tree and left. The car oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, no seatbelt on either. Both of those. Oh times. my god! That's when I was like 15 years old and hearing these stories, I was just like. Dude, the one where your friend jumped off the balcony, uh, taking like forty-seven hits of acid, and, 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 and you thought he died, so you called the ambulance, and he went jumping over fences and ran into the ambulance that was called. Oh for yeah, him. that was Pablo. I, I ended up in an ambulance on acid too, flying off a rope swing into a riverbed. Like landed on a giant cement block, took my eyebrow off, gouged a big old hole in my head. So I run back up to the house and I'm like, luckily I was on acid because otherwise it probably would have knocked luckily. out the ground. <laughs> so I run back into the house. I look in the mirror. I'm on like 10 hits of acid. I'm covered, blood drenched my face. I have cobwebs and dead bugs and spiders and leaves in my hair, dude. I literally thought I was dead. I'm like, wow. I am dead. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude, should have just mean, started the episode and just been like, dude, we need Micah stories of three like hours that the whole time. That's I'm like, wait, there's a whole nother episode of these <laughs> maniac stories. Well, I mean, well, the thing is, maniac was. I met Nate, I had, I had mellowed out, dude. I had survived death like a thousand times by then. That's what I was going to wrap it up with, dude. And I think we should because we are at. Oh, yeah. We're getting late. Yeah. yeah, Unless you guys want to keep going, I'm fucking down. It doesn't matter. But I just want to say that there's one thing that I do want to take from this is there's so many more stories that we're going to giggle at or whatever. But the true thing is, is you, you, you went through all that and you, you got to a point where it wasn't sustainable. You know, no, no, I'd be dead. Uh, yeah, obviously wasn't sustainable, and and you pulled yourself out of that that the the spiders and fucking dirt and <laughs> shit all over your face. You pulled yourself out of that, you know, and and now what you are today is not that person. So I, I love your attitude to be able to look back on that and kind of giggle at yourself. Be, and that shows me that you're in a place where you've forgiven that past version of yourself. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. I, I don't regret any of it, dude. It made me who I am today. Like, yeah, I wouldn't be this person I am. I wouldn't have had the experiences I had. I mean, I don't regret a single, a single second of it. Um, I mean, there's a lot of darkness in there, and I don't regret any of that either. Right? That's mm -hmm. that's life. And oh, uh, yeah, and dude, I just character. turned I just turned 45. I'm in the best shape of my life, mentally, physically, spiritually, mm. like. That's what I love. Um, dude. I, I'm I'm helping other people in their lives now because of what I've been through. Um, yes, I'm dude. still playing fucking death metal. You know, mm -hmm. I have a career now that I get to create art in. 
Yeah. And like you said, being being the best dad I can be, dude. I fuck, dude. I'm dude. just so happy for you, bro. Like, really, you're Absolutely. you're like making me. I'm getting a little emotional because I'm buzzed right now. But I'm just like, God, yes, dude. Yeah. Applause, dude. And I don't That's look on is, down dude. on anybody for drinking or smoking or doing whatever. Like, right? That's dude. That's fucking all good. More power. Yeah. I wish I could fucking have a drink while we're doing one that. drink. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow morning, I'd be fucking vomiting, Still drinking. And drinking vodka for breakfast. So yeah, yeah. That's just totally. just how I had to roll. But um, yeah, like I said, dude, I don't regret any of it. I love being able to laugh at those stories because I survived them, dude. I, I shouldn't be here. I really should. Yeah. I think that's one of my greatest gifts today is like, I am so excited to be alive every day I get up now because I, awesome. I really shouldn't be. Um, yeah. yeah. So to have the gift to get up and experience oh, life. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, there's so much, there's so much luck, so much luck involved with you. Like you missed, like one fuck up, or you would have been dead when you were hammered. Or, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like this close. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And the fact that you survived that and, and got through it, it's like fuck. I mean, it is it is funny, like, because I have those stories too. Like, you know, I remember running into suffocation again after not touring them five years later, and they're like, uh, Terrence was like, Joel, you were the craziest fucking drinker, Bob. And I was like, shit, uh, my. And that's like the worst and best compliment at the same time. They were like, dude, you fucking used to rage with us the hardest of anyone. And I was like, whoa, uh, you've been on tour since I was a little kid. <laughs> right. I then gnarly, like Terrence going, dude, you're fucking nuts, dude. I was like, was I? Oh, shit. Well, uh, I know I can get there. You know, I can, I can, I can, I can get to like a obscene um, point where people are like, I was younger. People like challenged me in drinking. I'm like, whatever. I'll drink like bottles of alcohol. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'll survive it, you know. Right. And and then surviving that, and then being like, all right, well, I, I noticing, understanding that people under their bodies take alcohol in completely differently than every like one body takes. They have a couple drinks and they're just like fucking nuts and they're cussing out their calling their mother or whatever the fuck they do. They're in out of their mind, and then um. And and it's all alcohol. All alcoholics are different, and they all kind of like do a different dance. But at the same time, um, it's really empowering to hear a story where you got to see the fucking like the fucking gnarliest shit, and then you came out of it through luck. There's a lot of luck in there coming out of it, and and telling stories and helping other people. That's great. There is a lot of luck, but there was still that drive to live in there that never. Yeah, you could have jumped right off. You could have done. You could have just not even thought about it and just jumped. You know, no. but yeah, you I had that. Know. Mike, I just want you to know there's always somebody pulling for you over here in San Francisco. Hell too. yeah, dude! We're always here. Where dude. you're at, man? And uh, I gotta get down there one of these days, man. Absolutely. Dude, I love Shasta too, dude. I'd love to hit you up, take the kids out to Shasta. Yeah, do metal in the mountains again. Dude, yeah, dude. yeah, the so festival called Metal Mountains. It was amazing. Yeah, that 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 festival's no longer. That park finally said too many people. It got too big. Dude, it was dude. It was probably Ontogeny's best show. There was a ton of people there, and it was a super fun weekend in Shasta, playing with like the mountain as your backdrop. It was like 
this is tight. I can do this a lot. This sounds fun. So get it back, yeah. Mike. Well, yeah, we'll get you back up here. I got oh. a new band coming together, Shadow of the Elk. So we're going to hopefully. Oh, yeah. Is that the one I saw playing. you jamming with? In, yeah, in yeah. A lot of black metal, death metal. We're like, I don't know, just playing whatever fucking feels good. Um, I'm not the best guitar player in the world, but I, I love fucking playing. I just, it's in my blood. So, and dude, That's awesome, your, man. your 14 year old daughter's getting into metal and shit. So she's going to see dad still doing it. And- yeah. You know, that's, that's why I'm here. My dad watch, playing, watching my dad play bass as a kid. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. sick, dude. You know, like I was, I didn't want to play bass, but I was like, it's definitely, up... you don't realize it, but it's going to be an influence, dude. If you yeah. guys have a good relationship. And, and she's, she's getting she's... me to go to shows again, too. So awesome. Yeah. That's super oh, cool, dude. He talks about Micah. He always asks, how's Micah doing? My dad loved Micah, which is <laughs> always super stoked. Me and Micah used to just get trashed after rehearsals at when I was like 15, 16 years old, too. <laughs> Dude, was Shasta's, only, Shasta's only two and a half hours from SAC. It says right here. So yeah, it's yeah, about about three hours. Dude, I, I do that daily. I do that weekly. So I mean, I'd love to take yeah, he's moving to Rockland. There, dude. Yeah. 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 I wonder. Actually, Rockland might be closer. I don't even know. I'm oh, yeah. It's way closer to the fucking. It's way more north than Sacramento. But yeah. Uh, fucking. A lot of people are moving out of this town, and I understand. Shasta and stuff like that looks awesome. Actually, I was talking to a guy today, by the way. Uh, the big paradise fires up there, you know, yeah. in Northern California. Because so much of that has, has burned, like they're selling like super cheap ass land right now and it's already burned it's already burnt like it's not gonna burn it's already burned like people are like paradise fuck that i'm not touching paradise but like i was talking to like a real estate guy he's like dude fucking paradise is the spot right now that's like like if you want to get out because all the shit unfortunately burned no i'm not saying like i'm not saying it's good at nature all this thick shit comes out of the burned yeah 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 all the Definitely. brand new fresh stuff comes out of the burned. All the good mushrooms. Yeah, yeah that's right. The fun guy. Mushrooms, by the way, mushrooms. I'm I, I'm really stoked to see mushrooms being implemented in therapy and people getting um, help from mushrooms because people kind of like touted marijuana as this big cure-all drug. And it's fun, but it's not a cure-all drug. I think mushrooms is one that mushrooms actually gets you in a psychological state that actually helps people. And I'm glad I to don't see think anything is a cure really, dude. I think they all, they all can be beneficial in, in certain ways. Not yeah, the yeah. way I ever That's used them in the past, but, but definitely. <laughs> like, I, I, I was looking at my, my brother does uh, um, ayahuasca. He's like a shaman. Um, and That's he, he takes people do. through ayahuasca healing. And oh, nice. I was, I was going to do that, but, through meditation and cold plunging and all that shit, I've been able to get rid of all my depression awesome. and anxiety. So I'm like, I don't, I don't need to go there. I like yeah, found yeah, yeah. another way to do it. Um, so there might cool. be, yeah, there might be a point in your life but, where you feel like, yeah, okay, I, can't, I can't achieve something with yeah. the cold plunging and all this stuff. Maybe I do need to seek some outside yeah. thing and you might get to that down the road. Definitely. But right now you found something that's working good. And uh, that's actually one of the things that I was going to eventually bring up tonight, but we're already at almost three and a half hours. 
Jesus. Mike, I want to have you back on and talk about the cold plunge and the health kick and all that stuff, dude. That's one thing that I thought we were going to get to tonight, but the, the way this show works, uh, dude, you got unfortunately you got thrown the Nate wrench, dude. I'm a <laughs> I love I'm the Nate wrench. Sugar wrench. <laughs> we'll always accept the Nate wrench, dude. Nah, too. dude, I'm, I'm stoked, man. I'm stoked to see a Nate. We gotta, we gotta keep in contact more. Absolutely, Most definitely, dude. I, I, that's kind of one of one of the fun things about this show is that we can be like, hey, dude, we're having this guy. He's from your past. Do you want to pop on? And then we'll get that situation going where we're just yeah, like it's fucking bringing awesome. homies back together from the past and let's just shoot the shit together. Kind of how we would have hit each other at a the pound or, you know, the Thunderdome or any of these other places we would have just came across and had this four-way conversation. We, we're trying to recreate it. And uh, I mean... It, I think we're doing a pretty good job, right? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Still going. Hell right? <laughs> yeah. What was that? <laughs> Joel's just like, Joel's like, yeah, he's been talking too much, Jane. <laughs> 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 After we show the picture, yeah. then he's all like, he's all, dude, whatever, dude. I'm fucking over. <laughs> no, but no, it's, it's very cool. We get we get to, like, make these connections because usually, like, Monday or Sunday night or Monday, we're starting to talk about Thursday. And if we don't I have a... Nate yesterday, and I'm like, hey, dude. Yeah. And sometimes we look at the with our, our, our lineup, and we're like, oh, shit. Like, we need to figure lineup shit. We haven't done it for a while. Let's start talking to people. And then we'll... Get these cool, and then we're thinking about like Micah. You're on. You you got uh, asked to come on. You came on, and I was like, oh, Micah. And then my brain was just all like, like going to like all these memories and all these different right. things that it, like you know I had kind of put in the you know almost forty. Like all the all the things are going like shooting back to me of like, you at Aptos Club shooting pole and being maniac, you know. Yeah. And, and there's a bunch of things that like came back to me of, of uh. I was first starting out looking at you going like, damn, dude, that's, that's the guy's a singer a man. band, dude. Holy yeah. shit. Like, I was like, I was like nervous back then, like seeing you for the first time. I was I like, know, and same like what Nate said, it was like, same thing. I was like, damn, this guy's a fucking death metal guy, dude. Like, this is a sketch. <laughs> I got to actually perform now. This sucks. I don't want to do any of this. That's, that's my best Naveen impression. This sucks. That's a pretty <laughs> good <laughs> We're doing this. We're doing this for ourselves too, dude. And and to reignite those memories is kind of what these it's fun, OG Cali Death scene shows are about. Is to try and remind ourselves, like, yo, look at all the cool stuff we've did, and we crossed fucking awesome times, man. So many totally. times during Jeez. that, you know. And there's no iPhones. There's no iPhones. We all, they're only the iPhones are our voices right now. Like our our voices yeah. are the iPhones of the memories that were caught now. Like no one had like fucking cameras in their pockets. Yeah. It was like it's yeah. like it's all through our, our memories. Our memory cool that to... was it, dude. Yeah, yeah. And and we lost it because the hard drive has been full for quite some time. So we do these fucking things to try and reignite some shit, dude. Dude, thank and... goodness there isn't footage of some of the <laughs> I don't want to see any of those things. <laughs> On record release, I was blacked out to play the show. I blacked out. I don't remember the show at all, and I vomited on the on the front carpet or whatever of uh, Aptos Club. I vomited. I put my bass down after the set, 
and just started spraying vomit on the yeah. <laughs> Micah, Micah got drunk at it. I don't know if you remember this, Micah, because you were in maniac mode for sure. But Is it the uh, Halloween? It was the no, I don't maybe actually I don't know, but it we it was a CD release show in Monterey. Oh, a, a no swearing place. Oh, the church. Yeah, oh, I was blacked yeah. out. Oh, yeah, man, blacked out on a <laughs> church. The, there. the promoter the came up to us as we're on stage. I'm holding my guitar. You're holding the mic. We're about to start. And he went, all right, now remember, no swearing. We can't have any swearing. And I just remember you looking at him and nodding your head. <laughs> I, I had to sign a contract before we played that said you will and, not swear on stage. And the very first thing you did, right first when you thing. nodded at him, you turned around and went, are you fucking motherfuckers fucking ready to fuck it? I was just like, what? <laughs> I think that was one of the few shows ever where I, I, I like forgot lyrics. I was blabbering nonsense on stage. Yeah, I, I think I actually kicked you off the stage at one point. <laughs> <laughs> You're going instrumental, the guys. That's it. Yeah. There was like you were huddling by the PA, and I was like, "This is just an easy one." So I, like, <laughs> I got to think about that. Dude, with all with all my drinking and all my antics, though, that was that that was like very rare. I still was always able to. Oh yeah, it, like, absolutely. Perform that was like a once in a fucking lifetime thing, but yeah, I thought it was more and... funny than anything. Just the, the head nod straight to swearing right out. <laughs> Dude, I got it. I got it. Fucking, are you pisses of shit ready to fuck? Oh yeah, it was <laughs> multiple. Just, what's going on, guys? Just two seconds after he just agreed. <laughs> I remember uh, we we had to sign one of those contracts in like Pensacola, for a, like some sort of a youth place, and they're like, sign it. Like don't, you're not allowed to hang out by your your vans or anything like that, and we're like cool. And then <laughs> Bill was like sober, going like okay. And there was a kid, a kid going like fuck yeah, fuck yeah. Bill was like, what was that? <laughs> Just like but he's all fuck yeah, fuck. And the mic is all it wasn't me, it was him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> the loopholes. Right oh my god. But fuck yeah, yeah that was speaking of yeah. fuck yeah, Micah. Thanks for coming on, and Nate. Thanks for fucking That's so sick, dude. Yeah, yeah. I love all the us. And dude, Micah, I know we were, you know, we're we're giggling at those stories, but I truly want you to know that I'm I'm very fucking proud and 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 happy for you in that triumph that you had. Yeah, it's cool to see you, you know? now like this. Yeah, it's awesome. Um that it's an inspiration for a lot of different aspects of life to hear that kind of story and for you to now be where you're at today with all the, um, you know, trials, tribulations and rewards that you've got from all of that, dude. Um, I like, I love it, dude. I love yeah, it. And I, I, I want you, I want to talk to you more, dude. I mean, we're here fucking three and a half hours and I just, I don't feel like I'm done with you yet, you know? So, that's cool, dude. I'm glad that I feel that way. I'm glad that I'm hope I hope that anybody who listens to that can hear the inspiration and that I felt from hearing you and and you know what you've uh, faced and overcome 
you know, you still are at a point where you, you can look back and say you've worked with musicians like Nate and all these other Keith and all the other dudes like your 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 history is rich. You know, that that might be a, a reason why you still wanted to be here. And I'm glad you're still here with us. too. Me too. And thanks, man. Hell yeah. Stuff, Just getting Good started, stuff. dude. Just getting started. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, that's the fucking attitude. I love to hear, brother. No oh, doubt, yeah, dude. And uh, I want I want to keep in touch with you because we got more stuff to talk about, even if it's just outside of this thing. Definitely hit me yeah, up, man. Touch, dude. And Nate, dude, love you, brother. I I think you might have just I don't know. We need to look at stats. Nate may have just been like the most uh, appearance. Kelly Death. Kelly Death. Kim okay. and Diego probably are like head <laughs> neck and neck right now. Well, I, I have, uh, I think, f- four. Now it's five. I think it's more than that. I think four. it's more than that. Is it only four? Because we got. Uh, I had my own. Then I did you? one with Max. Yeah. And then I jumped on the anniversary one. And then there's yeah. this one. So this is four. Dude. Damn. I, I don't want to. Yeah. I think I think it's smarter than us. And I don't want to contest. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. He, he's analytical. Right. He's an analytical human being. I know he is. So uh, I don't want to fuck with that, dude. Dude, you you definitely are up at the top of the list of most appearances, dude. And there's a reason for it. We love you. Nate's a badass oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Love yeah. yeah, you guys are the shit. Yeah. I still listen. I'm a listener too. So I, I, hell I, yeah, dude. No, that's love, all good. It doesn't matter if you're a listener, dude. You're a great talker. You got some cool stories give perspective and i love you're like a uh, you're like a fucking like a low-key stand-up comic too by the way you're Uh, you say shit to me that is fucking people ever dude literally in my friends group is funnier than most people that i'm around dude so yeah thank you for that you know that was the funniest thing i ever fucking heard Dude, I <laughs> no. <laughs> all right. No, no. Like, no seriously, I... you said things to me that I, I literally held on to and like thought about like months later. I'm like, oh, Nate. I'm like, oh, I think you're uh, you're one of the funnier people I've ever met in my life. Hell so, yeah, man. Music, it's all part of it. Yep. Let's have fun with 2024. Let's make it a good year. Let's do it. At least dude. a bunch of good tunes. Laugh a bunch. Let's do it. Hell yeah, dude. Oh, That's yeah. That's what it's all about, dude. Uh, yeah. Love right, everyone. Yes, most definitely. Really quick, battleforgecoffee.com. Generator rehearsal studios.com. And on Taj. That's funny right there. I'm tired of it.